Hi there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S5, E5, Miss Me, Times 100. Mm-hmm. This is an I'm Marlon King written episode, a Norman Buckley directed episode. This is the 100th episode of PLL, also, as it happens, our 100th episode. Exactly. We've been doing this for 100 episodes. Congratulations to PLL. Congratulations to us. Yes, exactly. Pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, um, we're, we're going to open up on a star field, much like Star Wars. And mm-hmm. we pan down. And we see that uh, Travis and Hannah are having a little picnic on like her front lawn, maybe? I can't tell if it's her front yard it, or her backyard. It's a white picket fence. It feels like a front yard thing. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, Travis has a... Uh, it's like nighttime, of course, because mm-hmm. we got Starfield. Uh, Travis has like a telescope out, mm-hmm. which like, I don't know, did the school give that to them? Yeah, it's a good question, because those are not cheap. I wouldn't see Hannah having that. I mean, maybe he would. He's a kind of weird guy, but... Maybe the son of the gas station owner is uh, actually like a astronomy nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hannah's like sitting... On a, on a blanket, like, looking at a laptop, and she turns to Travis and says, There has been an awakening. See, I was going to say that for Toby, but sure. <laughs> Spencer, there has been an awakening. Spencer, have you did felt you feel it? it? Yeah. <laughs> and Spencer starts musing about the dark side and the light. Uh, As you can tell, the Star Wars trailer just came out. Um, so uh, next to Spencer's, there's, like, a tray of food. It's like it's like a little picnic. Like, yeah. study picnic in the middle of the night. And Travis is saying, he can't tell if the, this is Mars or satellite he's looking at. And he asks this, Hannah has the coordinates. Can you find something by coordinates with a uh, telescope? I guess you kind of can. Astronomy is a lot of math. Yeah, it is. That's, know. you know, I mean, it. you look at, like, some sci-fi shows and you think, man, science is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you try to get into it. It's not that cool when you have to do all that fucking boring math. Um, yeah, Hannah's like reading something online, and she says, it says that we're supposed to be dressed appropriately for the presentation, like business conservative. I'd rather wear vomit, which, lol. And Travis is like, okay, but we have to find the planet so we can study it, doing a little hand acting there. Mm-hmm. Hannah just kind of ignores him, like not really listening. And Travis notices this, and he says, Hannah, look, there's no rule that says you have to walk into school with her tomorrow. Her being Allie, of course. And Hannah says, well, it's not written down, but it's understood. Seriously, Travis. <laughs> says, we're going to walk down those hallways with Allie, and everyone will think what they've always thought. And he says, which is what? And Hannah says that we're her puppets. Or Mona's puppets. Mm. And Travis is like, but you're not. So who cares what they think? And he says, hey, people know who you are, Hannah. And he turns her head like he's going to try to kiss her, but she just like, you know, turns away and she says they do. Or, or I'm sorry. She says they do because I don't lately. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, Whoa. yeah, she's not looking to feel better, especially not necessarily with Travis. We go straight from that to Rosa well, Main Street. It's huh. interesting that she's concerned about her like reputation now when like they've been getting terrible reputations for the past year. But they're only just now, or seemingly Hannah's only just now aware of it. Or I think it's I I was I went back and I reread Heather Hogan's recap for 503, which I I like her recaps. I try not to read them before we do an episode just to like not like, you know, color my uh, my commentary. Likewise. Yeah. Um, But she had a really interesting point about Hannah and that 
Hannah always kind of assumed, or, or maybe at a subconscious level, Hannah kind of got that Mona was in love with her. Mm-hmm. And I think, she, and Heather Hogan was saying that she thinks that Hannah liked that, but Hannah's now realized that like all the parts of her that Mona loved were actually just Allison parts. Right. Because she, you know, molded Hannah into a new Allison. And, and now it's like, so what, you know, what does she have now? It's like well, all the parts of you that people liked were the Allison parts. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotta be hard to like realize how much of your, yourself, your core is comprised of like an artifice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not even like that she's hiding like, like who she is under something under a facade, like, like Emily was before. Oh, so she just, she doesn't know if she is or not. Like she has no sense of self right now. Yeah. It's like, but what, who she thought she was, was she's wondering maybe yeah. that wasn't actually me or maybe it was, you know, it's, she's confused. No. So meanwhile, Rose Main Street at night, speaking of the darkness, uh, Ezra and Ari are walking down the street, and Ezra says, you still having nightmares about Shauna? And Ari's like, I see her everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> She's haunting me for what I did to her. Because Ari has a roller coaster of fun. Ezra stops her, and he says, this isn't about Shauna. This is about you doing this to yourself, okay? I wish I could fix this for you. Uh, nope. Fuck off, Ezra. She She stops. He, like... She caresses his hair, but then she <laughs> kind of stops and she realizes how familiar that is. And well, there's, there's these funny moments where they, they do kind of intimate things to each other and then realize, like, wait a minute, we're not a couple. <laughs> well, they do it a lot. Yeah. yeah. And Ezra's just kind of like, damn. I mean, it's it's so well, it's indicative a, of the relationship because Arya wants to be with Ezra so badly. Well, it's like and she's he would... caressing his face and then she's like, wait a minute, I hate this asshole. Yeah, yeah, but she wants to be with him still, even despite mm-hmm. that. And he just wants to control her, but can't. I mean, that's that's their relationship in a nutshell. I don't know but if Arya... it's control so much. I mean, oh. I think he just wants her. Wants to possess her. Uh, then Arya walks on and says, I know it's silly, but I keep waiting for that A message. You know, that text is just going to come in with a picture of me standing over Shauna's dead body. And I was just like, go ahead and call that ex- foreshadowing. Yeah, That picture doesn't exist. You don't have to live in fear of your cell phone anymore. And Arya's like, yeah, well, tell it to my right eye. It twitches every time I get a text. Glass eye confirmed. <laughs> so as they're walking, Arya and Ezra hear a voice. They look ahead of them, and there's Allison. She's leaning into the driver's side window of a van stopped well, on the it's side Oh, it's an of the SUV. Road. Okay, an SUV stopped on the side of the road. The SUV, it's still on. We see the brake lights. Uh, there's an interesting sticker on the back window of the SUV, which you yeah, should... Take, take note of that. Yeah, pay close attention to that. Well, Allison's talking to whoever the driver is. And Ezra says, what is she doing out so late? Of course, you know, what is Arya doing out so late? Um, Arya says that she doesn't know since, and since Allison's been back, she's practically lived in her bedroom, which is, you know, not true, but just goes on to show how much the girls know about Allison. Well, I mean, they've been kind of avoiding her half the time, you know? Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, like, for as much as they distrust her, it's like, They've been avoiding her. They have no idea that she has been spending all of her time <laughs> in her bedroom. Um, but Arya looks very curious about all oh, of this. It's, it's, this is totally off track. Speaking of her going out on her own, like when she ran into Peter Hastings there. Yeah. And he wanted to make sure she got home safe. Yeah. We never really brought this up, but isn't there at least like a 50-50 chance that Allie's actually Peter Hastings' daughter? Whoa. Whoa. Oh, okay, okay. So her. And like, like if Kenneth was shooting blanks? I mean, he already fathered Jason. I hope these kids are all mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good chance that would be weird. Yeah, but I mean, it that wouldn't be shocking, right? 
No. Like I, I, I remembered that with the the Peter scene where he was like concerned about her, wanted to get her home. Yeah. Um. I mean, you you could say that he has paternal vibes towards her just because of the mm-hmm. of her age and that she's friends with Spencer. Sure, and, sure, sure. But um, God, that'd be fun. That'd be interesting. I mean, hasn't it always kind of seemed like Allie and Spencer are sisters? Like different sides of the same mm-hmm. twisted coin. Well, in a way, isn't Allison like the other side of the different coins that is all of the PLL girls? Yeah, kind of. Like they somehow form Captain Planet, which is her. <laughs> or they're like they form like Captain Planet, and she'd be like the uh, I don't know, evil Captain Planet, <laughs> the yeah, opposite, or, <laughs> the antimatter Captain Planet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so Arya calls her at Allison, and Allie, she leans out of the SUV, and that car like quickly drives off, and she walks over to them, and I really love this. She says, she sees Arya and Ezra here, and she's like, is this a date? And they're both like, no! And this is like amazing, because she she immediately shifted the power dynamic yeah. to put these two on her, their heels. Well, like, she, it's so effortlessly. You can watch this like snarky smile mask come on her face immediately as soon as she as soon as she sees them mm-hmm. um so Ari asks allison what's she doing out here and who was that and allison <laughs> quickly, like lies yeah quickly goes into how her dad forgot her enrollment forms on his desk and he's stuck at home so one of his flunkies dropped her off here and ezra like kind of looks up just to let us know we are standing in front of the dealer into his real estate office mm-hmm. so it's like this is probably a lie, but isn't it more like confusing to you because it's Oh yeah, well she's like, Oh, my dad forgot my enrollment forms on his desk, so he's and he's stuck at home on a call, so slunk he dropped me off. I guess school isn't the kind of thing that mom mom handled. Yeah. And it's like, wow, there's so much information there, and then he brought up your mom that I don't even know how to react. Right, yeah. She just can confuse you with lots of details and lots mm-hmm. of emotions. But just in a bus pulls up across the street, it's not a creepy old-timey ghost bus that would kidnap you to Ravenswood. This bus also just says special on the front of it. Indeed. And meanwhile, as- meanwhile, Ezra has to be like, oh, I haven't had a chance to say how sorry I am about your mom. When I was throwing you out of my apartment the other day. <laughs> I didn't really throw her out. Hey, total honesty, it's always got. Mm-hmm. Um, Hope that works out for you. Yeah. Allison says nothing to that. The door to the bus opens. It's like the three of them can just sense evil wafting over them. They well, it's turn. Like, like when he's like, oh, sorry about your bomb. And she's just kind of like, eh, you know, like yeah. a half nod. Like who? Right. But yeah, the, the bus pulls away and they they hear the that familiar tap, tap, tap that signals the arrival of uh, an amazing creature. A new Sith Lord? Mm-hmm. And the uh, bus yeah, pulls so- away and there is Jenathing. Well, it's 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 so perfectly like blocked out because she's just stepped off the bus and is turning back. Well, of course, she she like away. stares right at them, and it's like, can she see? She seems blind. She's got the blind cane. We don't know. She's glaring right at like the liar's position. She's dressed a little bit like a witch, um, mm-hmm. and they're just all like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, you got Allie and Arya standing with Ezra behind them, and they're all just like, hmm, yeah. this can't be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we cut to after the credits. We're in Spencer's kitchen. There's three people in this scene. Spencer, Toby, and Toby's ginormous hair. It's even bigger than ever. My notes are like, OMG, it's bigger than ever. This is where I think Patrick Swayze was going to go surf at the end of uh, Point Break, right? It's on this crest of hair. Interesting uh, you mentioned that with Spencer and her like weird overalls in the scene like Denny Moore. Yeah. 
the tea, te- the tea kettle's going off, and uh, Toby turns it off for Spencer. Uh, the nest of spider tendrils that is his hair is gyrating around. And Toby's like, do you want me to like talk to your dad? And Spencer's like, well, good luck finding him. He's avoiding me like the plague. So when Peter Hayes scenes, like, his daughter's getting a little too close to his secrets, so he just avoids her, his teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. Peter's like, I can be, you know, away for a while. I'm going to be down at the club. Heard about like, a great cockfight in Pittsburgh. Be back <laughs> exactly. in a couple days. At Harrisburg. That's where all the good mm-hmm. cockfights are. They have a police academy and they have cockfights. Um, so Toby's like, does Allison know what you think he did to her mom? And such is like pouring the tea. And she's like, I really love the way they give the actors like physical things to do. Like it all fascinates me when they're doing things in the middle of the scene, like pouring tea and well, I. Tea. I remember the actor's studio of like Martin Landau talking about how like that can be an actor's salvation because you can really find your whole performance in that. But then I would also think at the same time, it's got to be like maddening at times, like especially when you have to communicate a lot of dialogue, a lot of (laughs) emotions and also not fuck up pouring scalding hot tea. But it really like it sells it so much more, though. Yeah, Um, I know that when they did the social network, when uh, they had Army Hammer and Josh Pence playing the the Winklevi. And Josh Pence, like, he would, like, really get into that. He's, like, constantly interacting with, like, props and whatnot. And so when they had Army Hammer, he'd have to, like, redo the scene, you know, for the the CGI and whatnot. And so they'd have to remember all the weird stuff he was doing, like, picking up newspapers and, like, eating hamburgers and all that. Well, it's even harder, though, too, when you have to match, like, a character's performance. You know, mm-hmm. the old, young version plus the physical. Anyway, um... So Toby's asked, you know, again, does Allison know what you think he did to her mom? And Spencer's like, it's not the kind of information I want to arm her with. So I know for <laughs> sure that he did it. Which, first of all, what a complicated, fucked up situation for Spencer to be well, it's in. It's like more secrets. Well, she suspects that her, of her dad of having murdered the mother of her frenemy, who was threatening to frame her for the murder of said frenemy as their cover-up for... Well, Some shit. other murder. Yeah, and, you know we we didn't mention this the last episode just because we're we're so all in on Kenneth being the murderer. But um, Veronica in the last episode, like she she really like kind of lays it out for Spencer, like oh it was your dad, which really makes her suspicious. You know, like like maybe yeah. she was the one who did it, and like she's using Peter as a very convenient uh, ally well, you know, or not well, alibi. But course uh, of the show though, I feel like there's been other than the 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 fields, which I hate to say. <sighs> At times are so boring that they seem like they're not even worthy of shit going on that night. But like the two characters I feel like have always been above reproach, above suspicion, have been Ella and Veronica. Mm. And Ella, I think, is still what is still like a great suspect. I don't know. I feel was, like she was drunk on wine yeah. in bed, you know, sure. I feel like any of the Hastings could have murdered like anyone at any time. And probably do. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Um so then Toby gets to shoot in here with, so... Let, let, is, let me read this one. Oh, please. So, if action is character, then who is Allison now? And, and Spencer's like, been reading Fitzgerald, and he says, I've been rereading Fitzgerald. But Toby gets his in-your-fucking-face Spencer moment. Well, and you know, like, Spencer's juices are flowing now. But, like, oh. you know, like, somewhere, like, Ezra's, like, ears prick up, and he's just like, fuck you, Toby. Yeah. That's my, it's my territory right there. That's... You just want Ezra to run in right now and be like, God damn it, Toby, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fittingly, that's from Fitzgerald's The Love of the Last Tycoon. Usually the novel that just, killed him. Yeah, usually referred to as just The Last Tycoon. Toby says that he already knows Allison's story, but he has a hard time picturing her as a victim. 
Uh, Sunju says that she seems really genuine. She says that what she's been through has changed her. And I want to believe her. But you don't. Uh, Toby's drinking tea in this scene just so he can look a little more wise as he delivers sage Spencer, advice. aren't I wise? I'm quoting Fitzgerald. But wouldn't you think that his long, gross hair would just keep falling into the tea? I just... Uh, like does did he just decide he's gonna do that was that like like costume and makeup or like we need you to have long hair i don't know i'm i'm fascinated by like the the, the male haircuts on this show yeah like, who's making oh. these decisions um well, spencer says well how can i believe a story that i haven't been told i mean if the truth is in the details we still don't know what happened to her and then toby says spencer do you want to say this one spencer we wouldn't be us if we didn't believe in second chances but it's okay to close the door on someone if they're toxic. This is the it's wisest like, thing. Know, I don't like your tone, Toby. This is the wisest thing that Toby's ever said. It's like he's he's like close the human, door on your ass. He's a human Pinterest board made up of only wise gremlins. Mm-hmm. But the idea does kind of seriously apply to every relationship on the show. Well, so uh, it sounds like Toby doesn't know about the whole kidnapping story being fake or any of that. No, no. Because uh, then his phone rings and he checks it and he's like, "Oh, it's Jenna." And Spencer says, I didn't know you two were talking well, again. Well, she seems very bothered by this. Well, I mean, wouldn't they be? Like, Jenna is, like, radioactive, though. Yeah, uh, but she seems very bothered, yeah. Yeah, and so he says, we're not. I haven't talked to her since she moved to New York. But he answers the phone anyway, and he says, hello. A very long pause. And he's like, I will be right there. And he hangs up, and Spencer's like, what's going on? He says, Shauna is dead. Uh <laughs> There's a very nice poker face from Spencer here. Like, she doesn't react at all. Very nicely done. So uh, I guess we can assume Toby does not know the story here. He didn't Did know Shauna was dead. it seem like she was extra surprised about the mention of Jenna having moved to New York? And she was, like, trying to keep it low-key? Could be, yeah. I mean, like, Spencer's maybe she didn't know that. that Jenna was living in New York? Mm-hmm. And so Toby, Toby's, like, surprised by this. He's like, oh, she could hardly get the words out. But Jenna said she was murdered. Murdered, I say. Uh, so we cut to Allie's house. Allie is, is it Allie's house or Arya's house? I think this is Allie's house, isn't it? I think it's Arya's house. I think they're in the living room of Arya's house. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, because the the painting on the wall is not blue. It doesn't look like it's hard it's to like tell that, with the lighting. That crazy, warm, slightly evil, like oak, like the wood paneling. Yeah, maybe this yeah. is Arya's house. Anyway, Allie's at the window, like keeping watch, like concerned. Uh, and then we come inside and we see the liars are holding court. Emily's saying, I'm sorry, Spence. Okay, nobody likes lying to Toby. I don't know why they wouldn't like that. Uh, but if he finds out what happened in New York... Yeah, personally, I love lying to Toby. Mm-hmm. And Arya cuts him off, and she says, just tell him the truth. And Allie looks over at Arya, like a little surprised by this. And Arya says, if you're lying to protect me, you don't need to. And Spencer kind of, she looks past Arya to Allie, and Arya notices this and like just gets annoyed. She's like, it's your decision, Spencer, not hers. Well, Allison looks away, and Allison's got to be thinking, like, well, thanks, you bitch. Like, meanwhile, I mean, they're not the nicest to Allie. I mean, I no. want to get to that a little bit more later about the dynamic here, but, but yeah. Well, meanwhile, selfless Arya keeps trying to jump on this grenade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily this tells, is my drama, guys. This is my scene. It's not Allie's scene. Yeah, exactly. Emily tells Allison that she doesn't have to stand watch. She tells us that Spencer uh, said that Toby was taking Jenna home, so she's not coming here. And Spencer she's said, blind. Yeah. We get to that. Spencer says, he says that she sounded broken. And Emily's like, she's still full on blind, right? (laughs) Well, like, Spencer's like, she's like 
kind of massaging like the glands in her neck, like she's very stressed. Uh, Allie, the sack. Yeah, Allie comes over and joins him. She sits on the armchair of the couch next to Arya, and she's still full and blind, right? And Arya says maybe she came back because she wants to be close to her family. And Lee says, hey, no offense, but if she's sad, she can cry in New York. Yeah. It's just like, damn. Claws are out from Emily there. Yeah, really. Well, it's like Emily's like, I want to get some of these lines in before Hannah does. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, let's face it. We blinded Jenna. We killed her girlfriend. She's back to punish us for it. Inspector says, said if absolutely no tact, but you're right. <laughs> now, you know, there's, there's a problem because the old Hannah would have fucking loved to hear Spencer say that. Yeah. Anytime that, like, Spencer tells Hannah that she's right, like, Hannah calls for a toast. Yeah, she's, Hannah's just kind of like, you know, Eeyore in this scene, basically. Um, so, yeah. So, then, Allison's like, what mm-hmm. would Arya do in this scene? Oh, I know, she'd make it all about herself. So, she says, I had no idea that Jenna was living in New York. Which means that Shauna was lying when she said that Jenna didn't know that she was after us. Maybe. But, yeah, Emily assumes that Jenna came home to finish what Shauna started. Which, how old is Jenna? Is she still in high school? Seems like it, yeah. Is she still a senior in high school? Uh, yeah, we we learned in I think the last episode that Shauna was seventeen. I well, no, I get Shauna, but how yeah. old is Jenna? I, I don't know. Who knows? Um, uh, Hannah says, or Emily says, she came home to finish what Shauna started, and then Hannah says, and I still don't have time for a hobby. All right, he's like, what? And Spencer says, the new normal is supposed to be a carefree senior year. Emily says, A is dead, and we're still plotting our zone defense in the dark. Alice. Well, right off the bat, you know that Arya doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. Arya's like, I don't get sports metaphors. At all, guys, mm-hmm. at all. Alex says, you guys have put up with so much for me, and, and I've made a lot of enemies. But it, it's not going to be us against them tomorrow. Just look like just like I'm working to earn back your trust, I'm going to try and make amends with everyone I hurt. And Arya's like, does that include Jenna? And Alice like, is like, fuck no. Arya's like, no, Arya, of course not. Fuck that blind bitch. Yeah, <laughs> they hate Jenna like just like like they absolutely can't stand her. What was the? Uh, do you remember offhand like the description that Jacob Clifton had in the the T-Wop recaps for whenever like Jenna walks into a room? <laughs> it's like it's like time runs backwards and like blood runs up the the walls and yeah, water starts boiling. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside Rose at high school or uh, no, sorry, the next day where mm. uh, the song starts to play over the next few minutes. It's "Begin Again" by Rachel Platten. So a little, little pseudo Tori Amos vibe. Yeah, basically, we're at the dealer in his home. Allison's like sitting in front of her vanity mirror. She's putting on her face. She's giving herself a pep talk in the mirror, like, I've been through a lot worse. Uh, she could still have split personalities, yo. She, she tells says, herself, You can do this. Yeah. She uh, takes a look around her room then and then leaves, shutting the door behind herself. We uh, cut to outside the Rosewood High School where the four well, liars are there. We should mention Allie's outfit here. Um, it is, she has some sort of like, I don't know, like blue and pink flower print dress. And then over it, she has some kind of really weird, like royal blue blazer with like the trim and the collar and the like the sleeves. It's like it's like pearl and pewter. Like it's such a weird look. Like it, it looks it like looks something a like a middle aged socialite would wear. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It looks like something your real estate agent mm-hmm. would show up in to show you a house. Oh, and then she's got like a bright hot pink, like big purse. She really stands out. Yeah. Um, 
so outside Rosewood High, the four liars are there. They're they're nervous and apprehensive, waiting for Allison to show up. Emily is back into the jerseys and leather shorts. It's like a black jersey, and I kept thinking that was like pot leaves all <laughs> over it, which I thought, wow, that's a that's a stark uh, image for for Emily. Spencer is dressed like a teenage wizard hipster. Uh, she has like a red kerchief around her neck, the kind that an old west gunslinger would then pull up over their face when they were robbing the stagecoach, mm-hmm. and like a a navy sweater with like white stars all over it. Yeah, yeah, she looks like a like like if Gandalf was like an ensign in the navy is really what I described that outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they think that maybe Allison's not coming. Emily's positive that she's coming. Arya says maybe we should have picked her up. Why didn't we pick her up? Someone mentions that her dad wanted to drop her off, but then Spencer notices there in the distance, Allison is here. Uh, we see Allison walking through the swarms of people towards the front of the school. Everyone's looking at her. We can hear people muttering about well, her. We see Allie's like she's trying to be cool, you know, play cool here. One what? chick says, once a bitch, always a bitch. Yeah. Another dude says, hey, Allie, remember me? She's and like, she no. just keeps on walking and smiling and. The four liars are like watching this very curiously. Like they're trying to decipher like public opinion. Well, because there's just like this crowd she's walking through, and yeah, Hallie says, "Do they love her or do they hate her?" Yeah, Hannah says that. Yeah, Hannah says that. Yeah, Ari's like can't tell. Allison then goes up to those two twins of Mona's armies, and Hannah's like, "Wait, Allie knows Cindy and Mindy," and Emily's like, "Yeah, Allie used to call them gay rons." (laughs) Ari's like, "Gay rons," and Emily's like, "Like gay morons." Which she's like, "Yeah, like gay morons." Not your best work, Allison. Well, it's it's just so stupid and childish that it's amusing just for in that respect. You know, it's like I'm just I'm just saying in the the Allison the CC brain trust, <laughs> spend a little more time on those sick burns. Uh, and, and Emily just kind of rolls her eyes as she says that she's not not pleased by that terminology. Clearly, yeah. Uh, and then we cut to Paige watching. Paige is also not pleased at all. She looks like just like pure hate on her face. And Sydney, old Sydney Driscoll walks up beside her and she's like, so that's the queen of mean. And we, they look over and we see Allie's like hugging Cindy and Mindy here. And Paige is just like, I can't watch this. And she takes off. And I, I, there's something about, I don't, I, there's like a dis- describer for like Sydney's voice that I just, I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't. There's something about this actress that it's hard to put your finger on, yeah. Well, there's there's another scene coming up where mm. I'm especially going to comment yeah. on her appearance. I like her, but um, so yeah, Paige. Well, so off. like Paige, like is it that horrible to see Allie like making up with somebody she used to be mean to, or is it just that she's back in her life and existing? I yeah. So uh, meanwhile, at the top of the steps, Mona and DJ Lucas are taking this all in. They give each other that look, like here it comes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Allison starts to walk over to the PLLs. Uh, they start to come over and join her. And it's like, they're super relieved that people aren't like stoning Allison in front of the <laughs> school. Emily, of course, looks very pleased to see Allison. She asks if Allison's ready to go in now. Allison like seems to sincerely thank them for waiting for her. Uh, Mona eyes all this with some concern. The music is still... a mystery when, when Allie is sincere, you know? Yeah. The music's still playing as we cut to the slow-mo as the <laughs> five of them move down the center of the hallway at school and everyone watches only well, the, the important thing about their outfits from before is that they are all wearing dark clothing all the liars are mm-hmm. except for Allie, who's in these like royal blue hot pink purse like she she stands out like the the other four like blend into the the shadows in the background like it's clearly all about Allie here in, in the center as they walk right so from left to right as they walk 
because it's important. It's excuse me, Spencer, Hannah, Allison, Emily, and Aria. Allison's in the front. Then, like going backwards, it's Spencer and Aria. You know, on the wings. on the wings, yeah. And then Hannah, Emily, more in the rear. So the theory is in full force. Yeah, in formation. One yeah. Would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're like in like a like a flying fighter pattern. All wings report in, uh, and so they're they're. This is very similar to the uh, five hundred three flashback where Hannah and Mona are walking down the aisle. Yeah, or the the school hall here, where everybody's turning and watching them. It's in well, slow the, motion. Again, this is like the the cliche or the trope of like high school TV shows and movies. The only mm-hmm. thing missing in PLL is. Where someone walks through the quad or the cafeteria and, and points, points out, out who all the, the clicks. Yeah. Yeah, the social clicks are. Um, but yeah, well, it's all in slow mo. Allie is, once again, the queen bee. She's at the center and everybody else is watching. Well, it's, it's a very similar sequence in a way to the one we just saw, where it's like people are just kind of taking her in and she's taking in the, the temperature of the room. Uh, one of the extras, I, I had to note, looks like a cross between Sylvester Stallone and Ryan Gosling. That's an interesting cross. Um, some of the extras just look confused. Some look bewildered. Some look straight up pissed off. One guy that they pass is just staring off into space. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, so Arya asks about <laughs> that dude's like a blank stare. Yeah. You see the guy at the glasses? <laughs> yeah, he's so they like he's like, oh shit, I'm a back background artist. Just stare forward. Don't fuck this up. So they get to the end of the hallway, and Arya says, Allie, do you know where your first class is? And she says, well, I'm supposed to go to the guidance counselor's office, but I can't remember where it is. Evil twin theory. Hashtag twin theory. Also, is Jesse the guidance counselor? I guess. Allison, it's so good to have you here. Come in and talk. <laughs> yeah, that guy, what happened to that guy? Yeah. You go back to his home planet? <laughs> uh, Emily says that she has chem lab, which is close, so she can walk her there. Allison says thanks. And Hannah's like, well, I hope you have a good first day back. And Ari's like, yeah, call us if you need us, which is, it just well, it's seems like there's sincere. just such a, it's like the liars are a unit and Allie's trying to be a part of that unit, but it, it's not, she's not fitting in. It's not gelling. You yeah. Know, they're just like, oh, good luck with class or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer says, you know, we'll meet up for lunch. Okay. Allison says, thanks. Uh, she has to be able for to say everything. Out. How apprehensive they are, minus Emily, um, to have anything to do with her. Allison again says thanks for everything. She walks off of Emily. Once she's gone, Arya twists around so she can talk to Spencer and Hannah. And Arya, the I can't believe girl, says, I can't believe that she's actually back in school. Arya, by the way, has a necklace on that looks like the Texas Longhorns logo. Yeah. Um, but then in the mouth, there's like a door knocker. Like you could, like you can knock on a door with a thing hanging in the, the Longhorn's mouth. Something, something, That's something. just Arya. Yeah. A Christmas Carol. Um, and Hannah says, you know, as normal as this is, it kind of feels normal. And Spencer's like, baby steps. So just then, there's an announcement of someone calling uh, Spencer the PA, up to the office. Yeah. Which now it's back Spencer to Hastings, please report to the principal's office. Spencer Hastings, please report yeah. to the principal's office. So Spencer takes off. Uh, well, she what? just like shrugs like, eh. Yeah. And now it's back to normal. Like the voice I mentioned in the previous episode. I believe that this guy who does the voice of the loud office, loud Speaker off guy, blah, blah. He's also the male half of the reptile facts at the zoo. Last oh, yeah. Day. I wouldn't surprise me if it's like, uh, I don't when know, I one believe, of the I'll point it out, you hear that woman's voice again later in this mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Spencer walks into the school office. She's probably thinking, what new fresh hell is waiting for me here? <laughs> oh, Instead, it's, my it's her mom. mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is even more surprising, I think. She's like, mom. And Veronica turns around. Veronica just looks kind of 
sad and stressed. And she says, honey, I'm sorry to have to do this to you at school. And Spencer's like, what's going on? Like, he just like, you know, I mean, if you're Spencer, what are you thinking? Like somebody die? Like what the hell's going on? Well, the last week we heard of Veronica, Peter was dropping her off at the spa where mm-hmm. Spencer shouldn't call and bother her. Dropped her mom off the spa. She needs some time. Uh, and so Spencer's like, what's going on? Veronica says, we have to go home and pack. And Spencer's like, for what? And Veronica says, I'm leaving your father and you're coming with me. Oh, shit. And I have to say, I was just like, no, the Hastings are so much fun. Yeah. You can't break yeah. them up. Spencer's shocked. And it's like, you know, honestly, like she should live with Peter if they're going to get divorced. Like she's his daughter, you know? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, Like they, I mean, I, I mean, in a sense that like Melissa is Veronica's daughter. Spencer's Peters. Like they it just kinda, they fit together. It kind of alternates though in a way, you know? Somewhat, but I I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like Spencer and Peter, they have like a, a weird symbiosis. Oh yeah, they, they have to understand each other. That's mm-hmm. especially when they call each other out on their own shit. Um <laughs> I wonder if we'll ever see the season where like Pam Fields leaves Wayne, you know, for like three episodes or something. I don't think so. She doesn't seem like the type. No, because she'd, she'd be lost without Wayne. Yeah. Um, uh, so after the commercial, we're in the school hallway outside the courtyard. Uh, DJ Lucas and Hannah are walking and talking. Lucas looks a little bit like Joey Fatone here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, has like the the chin strap kind of like it's 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 not coming in very thick. I don't know. I, don't... I, I keep saying DJ Lucas, but I feel mm-hmm. like I should be saying boy band Lucas. I feel like DJ Lucas subs it up pretty well. And Lucas says, let's do something nobody else in this school is doing today. Let's talk about somebody other than Allison. And Hannah's like, gladly. Um, which is like, this is kind of sleazy. Because Lucas, he knows about Hannah's like, you know, ambivalence about Allie. Mm-hmm. And he's going to use it. Oh, yeah. He's a total dirtbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he says, Lucas says, so my girlfriend is coming into town from Philly tonight. I'm having a party so she can meet all my friends. Hannah's like, one, I didn't know you had a girlfriend. Two, friends? Yeah, what's she like? And it's like, uh, she doesn't exist, Hannah. Yeah. This guy, girlfriend, seriously? Yeah. Lucas says, see for yourself, the party starts at seven. And Hannah says, can I bring Travis? And he's like, oh, of course. And Hannah says, great, I'll see you later. So she smiles and walks off, but she still seems like a little bit reserved and closed off, you know. Well, she sees the other PLOs again. Well, she looks like she's she looks like she's on antidepressants throughout mm-hmm. this whole scene. Yeah, she sees the other PLOs gathering for lunch, so she takes off. Uh, it's a sweet, cute Hannah, but it's reserved Hannah. Uh, once she's gone, Lucas pulls out his phone and starts like speed dialing someone nefariously. Um, cut to Spencer's bedroom, where Spencer is actually watching as Veronica is packing a bag for her. <laughs> yeah, and Spencer's. Like- Hannah, it's serious. <laughs> Spencer's like she's Spencer's like in her like vulnerable, you know, uh, child routine with Veronica here. She's like, is is Melissa coming? And Veronica says, you need a jacket and that gray sweater you love. Let's let's bring that. Veronica's always repping those sweaters, yo. Mm-hmm. Spencer's like, mom. And Veronica says, look, I will answer all, all your questions when we get to the hotel. But right now I need you to stay focused on helping me get us out of here. It's like they're like fleeing from some sort of like dangerous psychopath. Yeah, yeah, well, like the witness protection van is mm-hmm. waiting outside, which would be an awesome season to peel out. Spencer's like, Mom, I need you to be honest with me. I will help you, but I need to understand what we're running from. Veronica's like, we're not running. And Spencer says, you pulled me out of school so that we could be gone before Dad gets home. Does he even know we're leaving? And her mom's like, damn it, Spencer, when you latch on to things. 
And she says, I just want to know the truth. You can't handle the truth. I like how Veronica, just like the, god damn it, Spencer, when you latch onto things. Yeah. You like can't a leech. stop, you won't stop. Yeah, like a leech. Uh, Veronica, like, she takes a breath. And then she's like, your father did take me to a spa, but I never checked in. I was working for a private investigator. Miles Corwin? Ni- yeah, I wonder. And the night that Jessica was killed, your dad and Melissa told me they went to a dinner in Ridgefield? Ridgeville? Whatever. And that was a lie. And Spencer's like, oh, shit. You think that both of them? And Veronica's like, I thought that your father and I had an understanding. <laughs> what does that mean? We always agreed that no matter what, we we would never involve you and Melissa in all of the... What does that like, mean? Exactly. She stumbles out of Spencer's closet. And Spencer's like, all of the what? And Spencer goes over She's to like, mom. are you guys in the CAA? What the fuck do you mean? Are you in the CAA? Or are you swingers? I want some goddamn answers. Mm-hmm. Um, Veronica, like, she, like Spencer like turns her mom around. Or Veronica turns around, tears in her eyes. And Veronica's like, I want you to know that I will take care of you. So she's like, we'll take care of each other. And they both kind of, Veronica nods and they both hug. They need this hug. They need this hug so fucking bad. Like, who are these Hastings parents? They had an agreement. They would never involve Melissa and Spencer in something. I mean, hmm. so the Americans is set in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just the saying. 80s, like Russian spies. 20 years later? Well, they're Hydra, right? I mean, we discovered today that uh, PLL yeah. is in the same universe as the Marvel Comics universe. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe Spencer is like half Cree. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I assume for a long time that Mona's parents were... Uh, uh, Melinda May and, and Clark Gregg, so it would make sense if the Hastings were Hydra. I just want to know who is a scroll and who isn't on PLL. Mm-hmm. Um, so cut to like the clearly lunch Arya is a uh, an inhuman. Oh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any chance we can call we can use to describe her as inhumans deserves. So we cut to the lunch table at, at the courtyard of the Rosen High. Uh, Emily's leaving Spencer a voicemail. You know, Spence calls back. We're getting worried. Hannah says that she hasn't seen Allie since first period, so maybe they skipped together. Emily says no. She got a text from Alice and that she's in guidance counselor hell. Would probably have Jesse. Um, Hannah says that with everything they know about the Hastings, well, she doesn't like not knowing where Spencer is, which makes sense since the last time Spencer disappeared, she was found, you know, crazy-eyed <laughs> mental hospitals, so... yeah. Uh, Aria says, I was thinking about going to Jenna's after school. I can swing by Spencer's. Don't and you don't you want Emily just to turn her and be like, shut the fuck up? Hannah's like, okay, back up. Why would you be going to Jenna's? And Aria says, because I believe what Toby told Spencer. And if Jenna's broken because of what I did, I don't know. Maybe there's something I can do to help. And Emily's like, what could you do to help? And Hannah says, yeah, last night you thought she was staring blind daggers at you. And Aria's just like, both of you back off, okay? And Hannah's like, I'm just saying, if she's not looking for us or smelling for us, then and Ari cuts her off and she says, look, Hannah, I really hope that you find a hobby and I hope you have a carefree senior year, M. Like, she's just like throwing shit in their face now. And she like gets up their tray. She's steaming. She says, but I've got to find a way to live with what I did in New York. Ari's newfound guilt is her hobby. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, OK, Ari. And Ari says, I can be sorry for her loss. All right. That's what I can do. Are you out? Yeah. And Emily's do we, do just we like, both put that in our notes? Yeah. Emily's That's just spooky. like, 
Jesus, I've got to get some new friends. <laughs> and Hannah makes this like inquisitive, curious Hannah face. So a uh, quick shot of the swimming pool at the school. And then like we're in the swimming team locker room. Emily's like chilling with Sydney by Sydney's locker. Sydney's holding up a flyer that the, the Glee Club is sponsoring a frozen sing-along tonight, which is... That is an anachronism. It's only 2011. Yeah, it's a curiously popular anachronism, yes. Uh, and so I can't remember what Emily says about something about... Well, she not- says, I think I'm more Adele Dazim than Adina Menzel, which is like an Oscar joke. Yeah. Uh, and Sydney says, it's free pizza on a school night. Uh, it's free pizza on a school night. You sure mm-hmm. doesn't trump your 20 questions of your mom. Uh, so the fun fact I have here is that I actually think that Chloe Bridges is like really pretty. But if you freeze frame her at any <laughs> moment in the scene, she looks more than a little bit scary. Yeah, maybe it's the hair. I don't know. And so or like, like the hair and the eyebrows. Her, well, the eyebrows, some of the, like looks on her face, but she has a giant mouth. Lots of teeth. Mm-hmm. Just lots of teeth. Um, uh, so least- I, I just want to point out the, uh, she, S- Sydney says, you know, you sure that doesn't trump qu- 20 questions with your mom? So let's think about this. Sydney is now, much like Lucas, using some personal info about Emily to manipulate her. Well, so hold on. So Emily says, is it okay if I hum? And Sydney says, yeah, I'll see you at seven. So they both have plans tonight, Hannah and Emily, starting at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you're suspicious. But the kind of, the, the kind of town where like, you can't like walk through your front yard without looking around curiously about who might be like snapping twigs 20 feet away from well, you. And they both use the same move. They're like, let me like tweak uh, an insecurity or uh, you know like something you're annoyed by, and then right. I'll I'll get you to do what I want you to do. Yeah. So once Sydney's gone, um, there's Paige. So, Paige yeah. was right behind Sydney the whole time, listening to this. So Emily goes over to her, and Emily's like, "Surprised you came to practice? Heard you went home early." And Paige is like, "Well, I wasn't feeling very well, but it passed." And Emily says, "You sure you didn't leave because of Allison?" And this is where I wanted Paige to be like, "You know what? Fuck off." Paige says, I know she's your friend, but even being in the same room with her makes me feel sick. And Emily, I like this. Uh, she says, well, if you're staying out of school to try to avoid her, then she still has power over you. Which is true. And Paige is like, then she still has power over me. Because I can't stand to be in the same room with her. And it's like, well, I, clearly somebody hasn't moved on as much as they thought they did. And Emily says, I hate seeing you so upset. And Paige's like, I'm fine. And well, because Paige like, hides her face in her locker. Mm-hmm. So Emily has to like shut the doors on her so she can't hide. Paige says she's fine. Emily's like, no, you're not. You're one of the bravest people I know. And I'm not going to let you forget that. Which, yeah, it's debatable. And but sure. Well, so Paige looks like a little bit confused here. And to me, it's because for the first time, Emily is saying those, 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 the kind of thing that's like, it's not totally true, but it's actually intensely supportive. Mm-hmm. The kind of shit that Paige was always saying to Emily. Yeah. It's like for the first time, Emily's like trying to reciprocate and actually, I don't know, do something nice, build Paige up. I imagine Paige has got to be kind of like, well, this is all twisted up with like, you know, her and Allie's like, I don't know if a rivalry is quite the right right word, but their animosity towards each other. But then now Emily is supporting her. And it's like, what exactly does that support mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Good times. And where does it lead? Roiling emotions. So we cut to outside Jenna's house where intense piano music starts playing. This is like hyper Philip Glass pop. And then we see our black queen, Aria Montgomery. She starts to make her way up to the door. The The door is ajar because it always is to the Kavanaugh <laughs> house. It's like a house of mystery and secrets that just invites victims. So she, she just calls out for Jenna, peeks inside. 
Jenna, Jenna. And then she just pushes on in. Like, you're just going to walk inside because the door is ajar. Exactly. The door is uh, never fucking closed. So she then lets herself inside uh, Jenna's room. Nice pan across the items on well, the shelves. It's a neat shot of her entering through these, like, French doors. Like, kind of nice symmetrical shot there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we see Jenna has, like, a an older typewriter. Or I don't know what that thing is. It's like a, I think it's for specifically if you're, like, vision impaired. There's a scanner and a printer. Jenna's cane is propped up against the wall. And Arya's just taking this all in, and then she hears somebody crying. Moves a little further in, and oh, there's Jenna. And Jenna's like, who's there? Jenna's like sobbing, and we see Jenna is like huddled up against the wall, like on the floor, mm-hmm. bawling. Just bawling, bawling her, her eyes out. out. Yeah. Uh, glasses are off, which is always really disconcerting when Jenna has the glasses off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jenna's just like crying out. She's like, is anyone there? Um, and I... It's so great whenever they like remind us that Jenna's a human being. Well, Arya sees firsthand how like destroyed this poor mm-hmm. young woman is, but it's always funny how it's seemingly it's Arya who's witnessing Jenna in her most vulnerable moments, mm-hmm. especially Anita. where, yeah, Anita, like the lack of vision comes in. Um, but Arya has to run off because she can't. Yeah, she loses her nerve. She can't. She can't face Jenna being like a complete human being. Like it's that's just scary. So we're left with just Jenna. They need her to be like a, a weird, creepy enemy to them. Yeah, we're left with just Jenna staring out in front of her, unable to see, like tears streaming from her ultra green eyes. Um, nice acting. Yeah. Well, and just because she's completely dangling in an abyss. I mean, she has no idea what's going on, who's there. She's like, her world is ending. Uh, fun fact. So I showed my mom the first episodes of PLL. <laughs> she loved it. But for some reason, she kept referring to Arya as Jenna. Hmm. And so I was like perplexed by that. So I restarted the pilot for her to watch. And so she's watching the pilot there, you know, maybe a little too much. M. And then she's like, she's like, oh, the girl with the pink hair. When does she go blind again? And I'm like, what? What? Um, So after the commercial, we're in Emily's bedroom. It's night. Well, like, isn't Jenna's house always like completely terrifying no matter what's happening in it? Well, the only thing missing set design wise is like all the cobwebs that I'm sure should be (laughs) there, like in the dust. Yeah. So Allie's room, Emily is asking like she's like Allie's like in the foreground facing Emily. I think we're in Emily's bedroom, aren't we? Uh, yeah, we're in Emily's bedroom. Yeah, it's Emily's bedroom. Uh, and Emily says, do you want me to leave? She's talking to somebody off camera. And uh, we see it's Allie she's talking to. And Allie says, it's okay if you stay. And they're, like, I, I really like this the way this uh, reveal works. Because the camera kind of moves around Allie in the foreground. And we see, oh, Paige is standing next to Emily. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's She's been there, you know. And Paige is, like, just stone-faced, facing off against her nemesis, Allie, here. Mm-hmm. And Emily looks over to Paige. She's like, Paige? And Paige says, it's up to you, Emily. So Emily's going to stay. She sits down. And Allie says, thanks for getting us together, Em. Well, Paige and I are both lucky to have you as a friend. And Paige says, well, that's the only thing we have in common. It's kind of funny. Emily's arranged this little tete-a-tete. But Emily was like the tool that Allison used to brutalize Paige. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, so Paige, she's like, that's the only thing we have in common. Which is just like, Meow. Uh, and it's, I don't know, man, like through this whole scene, I keep thinking like, you know, Paige, you were a bully too. You just lost. Just saying. What's a good point. Uh, mm-hmm. so Allison says, Paige, I am ashamed of the way I treated you. I put people down to make myself feel better. She, uh, she starts better about closer. herself. Yeah. 
page she starts to move closer to page page stands her ground and says you were a terrible person allison i hated you for it i didn't care if you were dead i was just happy you were gone there's like tears in her eyes lots <laughs> well, of my notes are just like fuck you page like you know this is this is one reason i, I like to read heather hogan three cats because um my personality aligns very similarly with allison's i think yes it does in, in which like like when page comes off like this i'm just like fuck you um, but, uh, Heather Hogan really, she definitely has more of a, a page type of personality. So it's, it's useful, I think, to get the other perspective because, uh, much like Ali, I, like, I, I, I prefer the method of just like destroying your enemies. Well, so, you know, there's lots of hard swallowings. I, I would say that I actually do, while I may not like her anymore than I did before, I do kind of get page in this this moment this scene this episode i i kind of would liken it akin to that will mcavoy thing where page just needs to be like i'm tired of people telling me it's a just get over it situation fuck you you don't know what's like inside my head well it, it's like page is going to get her shots in here like even though ali is like uh, apologizing like ali is like fighting tears herself um but it's like page needs to get her shots in like she's She's not going to be magnanimous about this. Well, at in, the, all. in the parlance of like TV and dramas, that's how it always works. If they're ever going to make up for real, like she has to sound off against her here. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Paige is like, you know, I was happy the day you're gone. Allie says, I'm sorry. And Paige says, for what you did to me or for yourself? And Allie says, for all of it. And Allie's crying a little. Paige is like really fighting the tears. And Emily's like looking on, like kind of like, I don't know, hopeful. <laughs> like, it's like, I hope this is going well. Emily's like, I am so aroused right now, and it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to Hannah's bedroom. Hannah's like scooping up some. Well, I have to work. say, like, I don't know. I guess maybe it just depends on like you know whose side of this debate you're on. I don't feel like Paige comes off great here. Like okay. she's she's not exactly accepting of this apology. She's like right. throwing it in Allie's face every chance she can get. Yeah, yeah, as she would, though, if she were in that situation. It doesn't matter to her that she I lost. Yes, I don't know. But it's I mean, like, I Paige, think... you physically bullied Allison. You tried to drown Emily like you are not without sin. That Yeah, you get a good point there. Good point. I, I forgot about the fact that she did physically bully Allie. And so Allie mm-hmm. had to use the weapons that were... Well, her. I mean, the, the Allie-Page dynamic was... It, what it seems to be from the show is that at some point... Paige bullied Allie in like field hockey or something, and in response, Allie destroyed her because yeah. that's how Allie deals with problems. Is she just like that's the only way she knows how to deal with them is that to keep herself safe, she destroys everything around her. And I think people kind of forget like season one Paige and what she was like. Again, like you said, she mm-hmm. tried to drown Emily. <laughs> well, and even if that wasn't like actually attempted murder, she was definitely bullying uh Emily there, you know. Right. Um, and you know, it's, you know, people change, they get over it. I don't know. It's like Paige, I, I, I can see why people don't like her because if you're not empathizing with her, it's not easy to, uh, you know, see her side of things. Oh, we've always wondered why people make her the character that they live through. Like, like, as opposed to Emily, well, I think Paige is a, a much different kind of character. Yeah. Um, she, has like much different types of vulnerabilities um you know i mean it's basically implied that ali like almost drove her to suicide um so that's that's different than emily oh the thing on her on mm-hmm. her legs or whatever the the pigskin where the pigskin name comes from well and just in general like i mean ali like 
got her to reveal her like you know biggest deepest secret about her you know attraction to emily and then oh, like, yeah, blackmailed yeah, allison, her with it I mean, allison, well and i'm kind of curious too so allison kind of forced Paige to out herself in a way but and yes and no i mean she really more blackmailed her but i mean allison picked up on something there before she ever wrote that fake like note to Paige. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I, what Allie does. I think that's does. the thing, too, is, especially over the course of this episode, and I think we'll talk about it more as this episode progresses, the way Allison, like, her observational skills are amazing. The way she's always searching for an angle, <laughs> even when she may very well be sincere in what she says afterwards. Uh, like I said, I, I can understand if you don't like Allison. I get that. That's fine. But if you can't appreciate <laughs> who she is, you're missing a lot of the show. Um, but yeah, this scene especially, we haven't really talked about it on the podcast. This is when the eternal Jets versus Sharks feud began that took over the world of Emerson versus Paley. Emerson versus Paley, yeah. And, and this was like a crazy jihad in which I didn't even wins. know there were like Emerson chippers until like this season. Like, I, like, I was vaguely aware of like the Paley people. I didn't, I didn't realize there was like a, a rival faction until well, this I season kind of got like, started. The, some of the more official veins of the show, like like Shay Mitchell herself and, and others, like they kind of went whichever way the wind blew, like uh, as how where they seem to lean. Well, I mean, they don't want to discourage either fan base. I guess you could say, you know. Yeah. Yes. Um. You know. Meanwhile, like the fan base that's still rooting for like Noel Khan and Ari to get together. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where they are. Um. Narnia? So yeah. Nar- Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Congummery? I don't know. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, in Hannah's room. It sounds like an evil government or something. <laughs> He's going to rule in a Congummery style. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Hannah's bedroom. Hannah's, like, scooping up some schoolwork. We see that Spencer's there, like, chilling on Hannah. Well, Hannah bed- seems like she's all dolled up, like she's going to be going somewhere. She's in, like, a black dress. Her hair's done. Yeah. It's a new uh, hairstyle for Hannah because she has new hair. Yeah, she carries some books over to Spencer, who's on her bed, and she says, I can't believe you can think about homework tonight, and that you would trust me to give you your assignments. And Spencer says, you're actually the first person I thought of when she said she was leaving him, because I remembered how hard it was for you when your dad left. And Hannah's just like, God, I can't believe he'd risk everything to kill Mrs. D. Or did he? Mm. And Spencer says, the police were asking questions about that girl in Allie's grave, and he was just trying to protect me. Must have thought, you know, Jessica was going to set Spencer up to take the fall for it. And then there's a knock at the door and Ashley Marin peeks in. Yeah, it's one of those things in the sitcom where, like, for like a minute, the actors have to pause while yeah. everyone applauses. Pause for applause. It's Ashley Marin. Where have you Yay! been? Um, so she's making her much, much needed, much deserved return. Ashley informs Hannah that Travis is downstairs. So Hannah smiles and uh, Ashley tells Spencer that she saw her mom yesterday at the, uh, I didn't the catch Bradbury. that. The Bradbury yesterday, which has got to be a wine bar. Right? Well, it sounds like a hotel, right? Oh, good point. Or, hey, your mom at the Bradbury yesterday. Hotels have okay? wine bars. Well, and I just have to ask, why was Ashley and Marin at the Bradbury? What are you yeah. doing there? Yeah, I have wine bars. Or she's... Seen one of her gentleman callers? I mean... <laughs> so, right. Spencer so... lies, and she's like, oh, we're just having plumbing issues. Side story where Jessica De La Rentas, Yeah, she does some real estate issues, but she was also a uh, pimp. <laughs> That's I, believe what they call, mate, I believe they call her a madam. That's where mainline mate, like, you know, really mm-hmm. was heading. Um, so, yeah, Ashley tells her, you know, if, if, you know, if you need anything, just give us a yell or whatever. Well, I wonder if Ashley sees through that lie. 
It's like, oh, yeah, plumbing issues. That's why only your mom was at this hotel. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she she's versed to how the ways of the world work. Uh, Spencer yeah. says, thank you, Mrs. Marin. Ashley leaves, shuts the door behind herself. And Hannah's like, Spence, you could have told her the truth. Not about the murder part, but about your parents splitting up. She would never judge that. <laughs> and I love this line. Spencer's like, I'm not even really sure why I lied. Well, I, I feel like this is a like a subconscious like Spencer doesn't like speaking uncomfortable truths. Yeah. And like talking about it makes it real. Well, on yeah. top of it, she is still a Hastings. And I'm sure that like as much as she doesn't she doesn't like she doesn't abide by things being hidden. Mm-hmm. She's also like not necessarily wanting the world to be aware of yeah, things yeah. like dirty laundry mm-hmm. she says you know i know that we've never really been a warm and fuzzy family but i always thought that my parent my family would stay together and there's Hannah nothing else for the Texans in us <laughs> so hannah like slides closer and embraces spencer and she says you know we're here for you spencer i promise uh all the feels all well, the- yeah nice little moment uh you know spencer resting her cheek on hannah's head here so span a span a moment uh, so we go to Emily's bedroom. Paige is gone. Allison's like sitting on Emily's bed. Allison's more cheerful now. She's just like, do you want to order some food? And Emily's like grabbing a coat. And she's like, um, I already have plans. It's a, it's a school thing. So Allison bounces up, asks if she can like tag along. And Emily's like, yeah, I invited Paige. So. So. And Allie's like, oh. And like shit's getting awkward now. And like she pulls on her coat. And she kind of has this look on her face like, yeah, you see how I'm getting ready to go here? Time for you to hit the bricks. Yeah. Uh, and Allie's like, yeah, I get it. Uh, and she says, so I'm sure this sounds lame, but do you care if I stay here for a little bit? My dad's working late and I just, I don't want to come home to an empty house. But then she, as she says that, she's asking a question. She plops back onto Emily's bed. Uh, well, not... she does, she does a little thing with her hands where she's rubbing the, uh, kind of the knob at would the end you, of the bed. Would you say that she's trying to imply very slightly something pseudo, like, there seductive? Is, there is a, just a little bit of seduction here. Just, just a hint, just a small drop in, a, in an ocean, but it's definitely there the way her hand trails on the knob of the bed mm. as, as she sits that back down. Very yeah. weird, very confusing for Emily, I'm sure. And Emily's like, uh, yeah, that's fine. My mom's in the den if you need anything. So she starts to leave and Allison calls after her because I feel like Allison, see, again, Allison is all about like, I'll dip my toe in the water. I'll see what the ripples look like. Emily didn't freak out here. So then Allison calls out. Well, Allison's like, Hey, Emily, I'm about to throw a grenade at you before you leave. She says, Em, when I was talking to Paige, I realized that I owe you an apology too. And Emily's just like, hmm, go on. And Ali says, I always made you think that your feelings for me were totally one-sided. That wasn't true. Those kisses weren't just for practice. Well, Emily looks like a robot that's about to explode because it doesn't understand its, like, you know, counter-programming. Well, it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, I was over you. What the fuck are you doing? You know? Yeah. Well, that's exactly why she's doing it. Emily says, I don't know what you want me to say. And Allison's like, you don't have to say anything. And Emily's like, why are you telling me this now? And Allison's (laughs) like, I just thought you should know, you know, before you leave the room. Yeah, just just a little preliminary cock block before you go see Paige. So a very confused Emily leaves the room and Allison, I feel like she looks a little perplexed. Like she figures that would have made a bigger splash. Well, it's like this, this new element here. It's like, is Allie sincere? Is, is she just saying this? Like, we don't really know if Allie's into girls or not. Like we, we have no idea. She's such a, a mystery. Well, it's like if she's manipulating Emily, like to try to have like that one leg up on the group, mm-hmm. how far will she take it? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the rear window, Brew, Hannah, she's looking at her phone. There's a text from Travis which says, hurry up, I miss you already. So I'm going to assume that they he picked her up at the house and then went to Lucas's party and she went to go get them caught. No, I, th- I think they probably planned to meet at Lucas's party. Well, but as she said, Travis is here. Hmm. So I don't That's know. It's true. Yeah. So Hannah's like standing Maybe she left the for, party. Yeah. Hannah's standing at the counter waiting for her order. Someone gets in line, a few people behind He could her. just be outside. He could be like, you know, idling. True. 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 Uh, someone gets Although, in line. Although, seriously, people... Travis, like, do you really need to send the text? That's a little clingy. You know, Travis, Cowboy Travis, you're not a cutesy guy, right? He's like a like a stern, stoic cowboy. Yeah, and I mean, like, you're the kind of guy that presumably only exists on like romance novel covers. Like, stick with that. That's that's your wheelhouse. Yeah. So, um, so Anna's she's getting some coffee, and a tall, dark stranger enters the line a few places behind her. She turns back. A few people clear, and we see that is Asian pop star Caleb. Caleb, he's back. He's got short hair. With like a, like a bang scene happening, uh, like a vaguely like pube stashy like mm-hmm. like mustache and like sideburns. goatee sideburn thing. Like, is that the new style? Like, he like looks I haven't like, shaved for like two weeks. Uh, he looks like he's washed out of a Korean like boy band. Yeah, uh, and so but so Hannah's face lights up, and she's like, "Caleb, what are you doing here?" So near as I can tell, Caleb's been gone for about a month and a half. Who knows? I mean, so, time's a flat circle in Rosewood. But I was going to say, uh, Heather Hogan tweeted today about how she was able to like eavesdrop today on, on a mm-hmm. mother and daughter talking about PLL and how, amongst other parts of that conversation, it was surreal because she'd never actually heard someone talk out loud about the passage of time in Rosewood. <laughs> <laughs> but so before Caleb can respond, there's some, some jocks and some cheerleaders behind them making some noise. And one of the jocks calls out like, hey, Blondie, come hang out with us. And Caleb turns around. Caleb will not have any of this. He turns around and says, could you keep it down, Biff? This is a coffee shop, not a locker room. Uh, So it's kind of funny. So the look that they give him is like, that was not deserved, bro. Like, don't be a dick. But then you hear like ADR. What the fuck, Biff? Can you keep it down? Well, then you hear ADR. Someone yells, you looking for a fight, man? Well, and, like, these other people are all, like, in, like, cheerleader sweaters and, like, letterman jackets. Yeah. From, uh, I presume, Ravenswood High School. Yeah, I guess. Why don't, you, why don't you keep it in your pants, Biff? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so, Caleb looks like he is ready for that fight. So, Hannah has to rush in, and she grabs Caleb, and she smooths it out, and she's like, no, no, he's just a little irritable, hasn't had his coffee yet. So, the situation is diffused. Caleb's going to let Biff slide this time. The jocks are going back to jocking about. Uh, Caleb turns back to Hannah, and Hannah's like, Caleb, when did you get back? And just then, the cock-blocking barista calls out, two coffees for Hannah. And Hannah's like, and why haven't you called me? And Caleb smiles. It's like he doesn't really know what he's going to say. Uh, it's like, Hannah, don't you understand? Like, shit got really bad for Caleb after his spinoff got canceled. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. the barista's says, like, Hannah, like that barista says, like, chill the fuck out. Yeah, well, it, I love it. It's a it's a female voice yelling it out. It's a guy like, <laughs> waiting to hand over the coffee. <laughs> well, so Caleb looks past Hannah here at the coffee. We see one of those is, has Hannah's name on it, and the other has Travis's name on it. Oh shit! And it's like oh, and Caleb's just like better get your coffees. He's he's like all husky when he says it. You know, like this upsets him, even though he has absolutely no room to be upset about this because yeah. you left Hannah for a ghost. Yeah. Seriously. Hannah t- turns to get the coffees, and when she turns back around, he's gone. Maybe Caleb was a ghost. We get some major Hannah face here. Caleb's the first evil. 
And she, uh, it's like Hannah's just like she's so full of regret for how that went down. Yeah, well, she she looks back and she sees that like the name the names are on the coffee and that he saw yeah. it. Yeah, so why was in Ravenswood? So, so, Caleb learned how to disappear like Batman. Yeah, and so what do you what do you do when you you blow your encounter with your ex? You go to Luke's as a shitty party and you get shit faced. Yeah, which that's is what Hannah's there. doing right now. She's drunkly drunk dialing, leaving a message for Caleb on her phone. Drinking something, some blue liquid from like a clear it, plastic cup. It looks like straight up antifreeze. Yeah, and Hannah's saying she's leaving a message. Says, "Caleb, where are you? Where, why aren't you answering my calls? Are you mad at me?" Uh, I like how the way this is framed. It's kind of funny because at first you just see her on the phone, mm-hmm. and you don't see the drink until she starts to hang up, and like suddenly she has like this like plastic cup in her hand that's been out of frame the whole time. Yeah. And it's getting swerved. Well, she's like, can you just call me back so I can come find you? Um, she hangs up. She drops her phone. Just then, creepy boy well, Ben like, Lucas. She, she hangs up and downs the cup, like yeah. spills a little on herself, tries to wipe her mouth, and drops her phone. Well, that's and it's getting sloppy. Yeah, yeah. Boy Ben Lucas in a blazer comes rushing over to her. He picks up her phone, uh, hands it to her. She says the punch is but, so By the tasty. way, on the phone, there's a text from Allie that says, At M's killing time, where are you? Yeah. Question mark. Uh, so she says, she tells Lucas that the punch is so tasty. And he's like, it's best consumed rapidly and repeatedly. And he pours the contents of his glass into hers, which he's is creepy. He's trying to roofie her. Like, it's super creepy. Uh, this guy. Uh, Hannah, Hannah. Or it's not Hannah. Lucas just, he comes off like a total creep in the scene. Yeah, like yeah, like looks like he just like crushed up a pill in his glass like mm-hmm. five seconds earlier. And so uh Hannah's like, Oh, cheers and Lucas is like, Cheers, and Hannah just like slams her cup into his and like spills half of it. Mm-hmm. And Lucas like jumps away to like avoid getting splashed and Travis looks over at this from nearby. He's a little concerned. He's hanging off some bros, some lame looking bros. And Hannah's like, So Lucas, where is your girlfriend? Uh number one, Hannah. You're adorable when you're drunk. Number two, his girlfriend doesn't exist. I mean, how did you pick her, pick well, that up by now? Because Lucas is like, uh, you don't see her right now. It, or I don't see her right now. Yeah. But um, like, I remember all, there was all this speculation about like who Lucas's girlfriend is. Like Sydney Lucas's girlfriend or something. It's like, he doesn't have a fucking girlfriend. Look at this guy. Well, I think like, like this was the safest excuse. Mm-hmm. So, especially considering their history i don't think anyone else at this party showed up under the pretense of meeting lucas's girlfriend because first of all they were like who hermy yeah and it's like are you sure she's even real and he's like oh she's real all right and he like raises his eyebrows with a grin like he's like an eric idol like a monty python sketch um and hannah adorably yells lucas you're doing it with her and lucas is like hannah shh like, oh, you're totally lying, Lucas. Yeah, and Hannah's like, hard, okay, obviously. now that is consumed best rapidly and repeatedly. Yeah. So Travis comes over then as Hannah almost tips backwards. Yeah, he kind of catches Hannah there and he's like, whoa, you okay? And Lucas is just looking on with like the evil smile of a date rapist here. Yeah. Uh, and Hannah's like, hey, cowboy, where have you been? I've been looking for you all night. Which is, I think it's funny, even Hannah remember, like she still thinks of Travis as a cowboy. Because of how he was introduced. Mm-hmm. And Travis is like, you're the one who's been on your phone all night, Hannah. She then like rubs his bald head. <laughs> and says, oh, let me rub that bald head of yours. <laughs> and Travis is like, okay, I think you've had enough. And Hannah's like, actually, you don't know what I think. You don't even know the half of it. 
She starts to like lead her away. She's like, did I just say you don't even know the half of it? And he's like, mm-hmm. But as he's leading her away, she grabs like a Twinkie from like yeah. the snack table and stuffs it in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hannah's so great. And sleazy boy band Lucas watches him go. Um, yeah, just like like sip, evilly sipping his uh, drink there, which has no fluid in it now. Yeah. So at the high school, uh, Emily and Sydney and Paige like are there. Like an evil Renfield. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, Emily's getting popcorn for them, and Paige comes up and says, Bridget Wu just told me that she saw Jenna tonight. Emily's like, she's probably drunk. And Sydney's like, Jenna or Bridget? And Emily and Paige in unison say, Bridget. Bridget. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. I want the show to bring Bridget Wu on, on now. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've heard enough of amazing oh, we've seen her once. Her. We, we saw her oh, one time. We okay? yeah. Yeah. And Paige is like, she also told me that Sean is dead. Emily's like, mm. well, and Emily, like, it's like she's maintaining a poker face, but it kind of comes off like she couldn't give a shit. Yeah. She's like, mm, who? And Sydney's like, who are these people? Although she says that maybe a little suspiciously. Yeah. And Paige is like, Jenna's a blind girl who used to go to our school. Her and Sean were dating, right? And Emily's like, I, I don't know what they were. And Sydney's like, you don't like her? And Emily sighs and she's like, Allison and Jenna hated each other. My friends and I didn't realize we'd been drafted into their war before it was too late. That's a heavy statement. And Sydney's like, too late for what? And, you know, I can't remember where I saw this. I think it was just somebody in, like, the uh, the episode comments on, on the subreddit for PLL. Mm-hmm. But they're basically like, hey, Sydney, like, shut the fuck up and go binge watch this show on Netflix until you're caught up. You know, like, stop asking questions. Well, I if Sydney was, like, a normal person, <clears throat> not at all suspicious... Halfway through this conversation with all this dramatic shit that, that they're bringing up is like local gossip. She would have just like moonwalked backwards yeah. away from these two and never answered their calls again. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, my phone's ringing. You can't hear it, though. I got to yeah. go. And just like run off into the night like Paige did in the last episode. Um, so, yeah, a uh, voice calls out the show is about to start. People need to get to their seats. And Paige asks Emily, like, so are you an Anna or an Elsa? And Emily's like, I'm humming. She's LOL. definitely an Anna, right? I mean, Anna's the blonde. Anna's yeah, Christian. The ice Bell. queen. Yeah. No, no, not not the ice queen. The other one. Oh, Elsa's the ice queen. Yeah. I would think that uh, Emily's uh, the Elsa then. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um. So they all head inside. <sighs> like, like by the way, nice subject p- change by Paige there. Yeah. Shouldn't. Well, it's got a good subtext, though, of splitting into different camps, though, I think. But also, like, shouldn't Paige be like, oh, that's weird. That girl I dated over the summer, she's dead. Mm-hmm. I know it was three seasons ago, and but then it was Emily also can be like, like three months ago. Let it go, Paige. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's really all I know about Frozen. Uh, you know, we watched it. Yeah, you know, I just, I don't know. I didn't like the music that much. I like the the two the two big songs. I just feel like 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 if you like that movie, just go watch Beauty and the Beast. So I was at the vet's office the other day uh, mm-hmm. in the waiting room, and like the music's playing, and then and that song comes like a like a cover of Let It Go comes on, and finally the woman sitting at the bench across from me is just like, "Oh shit, that's my phone. I'm so sorry, you guys." And like <laughs> answers her fucking phone. It's like Let It Go has been playing for like two minutes there. Um, so outside Emily's place. Allison's walking out. She's uh, walking across the yard, and she's heading down the street, basically in the same trajectory that Paige left in last episode, but from reverse angle. Down the street behind her, down the, cor- down the corner there, in the dark, the headlights of a car suddenly come on. 
Yeah. Um, they just turn I like the engine. We hear the engine start. The lights turn on. Allie stops and looks at it like kind of surprised. Then she keeps going maybe a little faster pace now. Mm. And after she walks away, that car just pulls away from the curb and it's like it's following her. Yeah. Well, it's like it's it's such easily visually communicating. Maybe because you've seen this in so many movies you should for that. This is the slow menacing like uh, pursuit of a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cut to Arya's house where Arya comes in the darkened house. She has to open the door, walk into the dark. She has to walk over to a lamp by the couch, to, like flip on the light. And then she's walking back to the door to, to like shut the door. There's motherfucking Jenna thing. Arya just nowhere. like shits her pants. Yeah. Yeah. Loud bang on the soundtrack as we see Jenna there. Arya almost like jumps out of her skin. Well, Jenna with the like just kind of like resting bitch face like hands folded over the cane that she's like leaning on you know yeah and uh jenna's just like i knew it was you in my room today oh shit Ari's like catching her breath and she's like oh you scared me and jenna's like what were you doing in my house she's eerily calm and composed and Ari's like um do you want to come inside i can i can make us some tea and jenna's like what i would like is an answer Arya says i heard about shauna so I, I was just coming to see if you were okay. And Jenna smiles like so bitterly. Yeah. And she says, why would you care if I was okay? Which is really just kind of sad. And yeah. Arya says, look, with Ali back, it's just, it's bringing up a lot of stuff for everyone. And we all feel really terrible about our part in the accident. I was, and Jenna cuts her off and she says, placating your guilt. <laughs> and Arya's like, exactly. Jenna, look. I might be the last person on earth that you want to talk to right now, but for two years, we felt that Allison was dead. So I know how it feels to lose someone. And Jenna's like, right, but you still have your friends. I don't have anybody left. Which is kind of bleak. And uh, Arya has no response to this, and Jenna's like, right. But I guess that's nobody's fault but my own. And she turns to leave. Like, she's just, like, just so bitter. Mm-hmm. And Arya stops. She says, hey... Are you sure you, you don't want to come in for that tea? I didn't really know Shauna that well, but if you if you wanted to come in and talk to me and tell me about her, which is like, this is really twisted by Arya, actually. Oh, this is this is inhuman. Yeah, and Jenna kind of nods. She turns back. She says, I think that would help. Thank you, Arya. Arya's like, yeah. And so Jenna comes in, and Arya does that thing where she has to like look outside and glance around before she shuts the door. I don't think you want anyone to know that you're associating with the Jenna thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Arya's like, come in and tell me all about the girl I murdered, who is like, you know, your best friend, possibly girlfriend. There's I'm definitely just... some kind of, yeah, romance there. Uh, yeah. So meanwhile, Rosewood at night, Allison is walking down these mean streets alone. She's being slowly followed by that car. And as she starts to move a little faster, she passes by like a little alleyway and very similar to Escape from New York. We see that large shadow of somebody moving illuminated on the wall of the alleyway yeah maybe it's somebody in a hoodie maybe not we can't really see so allison runs into the church this is the same church remember where she pushed ian to his not quite deaf Mm -hmm. um inside the church it's all dark but they're all the candles are lit i don't know if that's a normal thing or not uh and ellie kind of backs away she pulls out her phone and texts the liars sos i'm at the church uh, and then she hears a noise like off the main room, like over in, I don't know what we'd call that area of the church. Uh, it's not the belfry. I don't know. Parlor. The rectory. The rectory. Perhaps. No, I don't know. I just, I just like saying yeah. rectory. Yeah. Uh, so she hears a noise over there. So she heads over cautiously and she enters a side room, but then 
With a sigh of relief, she sees it's just a loose shutter blowing in the wind. So she walks over and shuts it, and then she turns back around and is startled because, surprise, Mona is right up in her face. Mona out of nowhere. Yeah, Mona is Mona stone-faced. is just apparated in. Mona's stone face, lit by a cold rage. Um, well, the, you can to, see Allie just, like, steal herself. But she's pushing down that fear. Uh, and Allison's like, you don't scare me, Mona. And Mona's like, you're not as good of a liar as you used to be. And Allie, Allie has no time for this. She just walks past her back to the main room but mona follows her and mona says i know you were all in new york the night sean was murdered and i can prove it and ali says what do you want mona and she says what i've always wanted and that's for you to leave town i don't care where you go or how you get there i want you gone and ali's like i'm not a threat to you and mona says you may have convinced hannah and the others that you've changed i like how she calls them hand and the others yeah exactly uh she says and maybe you are trying to be a decent person but that won't last for long now he's like people do change and mona says when someone shows me who they are i believe them i don't need to be taught a lesson more than once that's cold-blooded i know now he's like oh you're suddenly the victim of what mona my bullying what do you call what you did to those girls you almost killed hannah well mona starts to crack a little there and she's like this rattles her yeah it's almost like uh, uh, what's her name who plays Mrs. White in Clue. That's what I kind of felt of her performance. For oh, um, she's like uh, Malincon. Malincon, yeah, the con game. Uh, Mona's like, no one feels worse about that than I do, but uh, but I'm getting better. Even the doctors say so. I'm all better now. Yeah, and Allison's like, I love I the way she says that. Yeah, I don't believe you. If you could prove that we were in New York, you would have done it already. I'm back and I'm staying. So get used to it. Well, and I like Mona's- the way like when Mona got rattled there, it's like Allie sensed weakness and she kind of starts to. She had been retreating away from Mona, but now she's like suddenly stepping towards her again. Well, Allison's mentalism is is brilliant. Yeah, so Mona's just like, no one wants you here, and Allison's like, you're wrong, Mona. Just like before. Everyone wants to be my friend, and that's what you're afraid of. All I had to do was say I'm sorry to Cindy and Mindy, and they were practically begging me to sit at their lunch table. You're scared because you know that it's not going to take me long to win back your army of losers. I made you loser Mona once, and I can do it again. Well, and like, this is just a complete and total dismantling of Mona. Her or like Allie, like at the height of her powers, you know, she's like calling on all, all her superpowers. But then, here. like, this becomes the greatest soap opera drama you've <laughs> ever seen in your life because Mona full on slaps out. Well, it's like she just loses it, and uh, like she, you know, like she's just gonna slap her in the fucking face. Yeah. Uh, and then she watches like in terror, like waiting for to see how Allie's gonna react to this. And Allie kind of collects herself a little and then just fucking wallops Mona. I mean, this yeah. thing is so loud. Like, the sound effect is great. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was powerful. Like, she broke the fucking skin. Like, Mona's bleeding now from her cheek. Yeah. Um. So, Mona looks shocked. And Allison's like, we don't have to do this. Leave me alone. And Allison walks out, leaving Mona looking hurt and furious. And destroyed. Like, so then, like, Allie, like, just crushed Mona there. Yeah. So then we cut to... Well, very... before that, let's, okay. let's talk about this. Because, I mean, this is what Allie does. She senses the threat. She annihilates it. Like, it's the only way to be sure. Right. Uh, but I, I think the dynamic here is really interesting because Allie is, like, she's trying to turn over a new leaf. Mm-hmm. And Mona is not going to let her. And But at the same time, Mona is regressing. Mona, Mona was like so close to being like completely free. Like she'd, 
she wasn't A anymore. She'd gone out from other, under uh, Ezra's thumb. Mm-hmm. You know, she was starting like a, you know, burgeoning like relationship that was just like a, a normal teenage relationship with Mikey there. Right. She was almost free, but then Allie came back and now she's regressing back in. It's like Allie is, is taking up her old role and now Mona is, it, it, she's inserted herself as the victim once more, you know? Well, it, it, it's interesting spiral of animosity here because like again this is a world without a the central drama that has kept these girls occupied we discovered is mona sending that text to allison because well it's like a has spun them up so much into like perpetual motion machines of paranoia yeah that a doesn't even need to be there anymore they they'll cause their own chaos yeah but it's like so now it's it's Mona here is a very similar dynamic to to page and page's confrontation with allison so I kind of wondered, like, how much is Allison? Because I feel like Allison had to be reined in in her encounter with Paige. Because Emily's standing right there, so she has to take that abuse somewhat. But I, I mean, I, I do think Allie is sincere in trying to. Well, because otherwise not she wouldn't be who say, she used to be. She wouldn't walk out and say we don't have to do this. Yeah, because. But it's like it's like Mona's not going to let her. She's going to force Allie back into her old ways. Right. And and vice versa. Allie's going to turn Mona back into like the scared Mona she used to be that she wasn't anymore. Right, right. Everyone wants to cram each other back into the roles that they know them. Mm-hmm. Um so this is interesting. We cut to Spencer in Allison's room as she's looking out the window back into her own bedroom. Like the opposite of so many times that Spencer has looked out of her own room studying the contents wait is of, she in Allie's room yeah she's in Allie's bedroom right now she is she's looking at her dad walking around in her own bedroom uh so we see that Arya is like walking around Alice in Allison's bedroom behind oh, okay they, i had that totally backwards i thought that was kenneth walking around no 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 this is, i mean I, I don't think it's either of those actors but, i believe um, it's supposed to be peter yeah okay that's interesting yeah Allison's bedroom uh we see Arya walking around in Allison's bedroom behind so they're leaving hannah a voicemail uh, Spencer texts her mom with the girls, be at the hotel soon, you okay? And we hear Arya say, hey, Han, we're at Allie's. You might be asleep, but just call us when you get this. Allison's like sitting in her chair, looking a little shook up after her Did encounter. Did you notice with Spencer's nails? No. I just noticed this now. Um, it's like they, they have like black triangle wedges painted on them. Hmm. Like not like it's like, you know, they're not fully painted. It's a normal nail, but then like starting from the base of the nail there's like a black triangle so that's obviously like an illuminati thing right it probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh you hastings girls are so mysterious so Arya's like sits in the other chair the, the half chair there's two chairs whatever that thing um and allison says i don't think those are coincidence that you were all busy tonight and i want Spencer to say oh i wasn't busy i just don't like you bitch well so lucas kept hannah busy Jenna yeah. kept Arya busy. Sydney kept Emily busy. What about Spencer? Toby? Evil twin theory. It was me, Spencer. I I'm was getting your... busy, if you know what I mean. I am your evil twin. I know it's weird. It makes sense. Evil paternal twins. Oh, that'd be... <laughs> but Toby's still a year older than Spencer. You've seen Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> Admitted it's kind of hot. <laughs> we're both secret Targaryens mm-hmm. ride the dragon um, so Spencer's you know she wants to take it back to Alice's situation she says do you see did you see who was driving 
And Allison says, it couldn't have been Mona. She got into that church way too fast. She had help. And Arya says, sounds like an ambush. And Emily enters. Emily's bearing coffee. Or tea, uh, I think. Or Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, she gives it to Allie on like a, a cup and saucer here. And Allie, like, it's like she, she, her hand is shaking. She's rattling the cup on that saucer. And Emily's Well, I love like, that with every gesture of Allison, you're like, how exaggerated is this? I know. It's, you never know with her. Yeah. That's like the Sasha Peters is so good at there's a fine line between like the ambiguity and kind of uh, like not communicating anything, you know? Yeah. Like she's yeah. not a blank slate. There's so much going on there, but you never sure which is real and which isn't. Right. Uh, so Arya is like, Hey, let me take that. Cause you're fucking shaking. <laughs> so she takes the, the cup away and just sets it down. Yeah. And she's, and Arya is like, well, what did you do when she slapped you? And Ali's like, I just stared at her. That's a lie. <laughs> and Spencer says, look, I think you're right. If Mona had any proof we were, we were, that we were in New York, she would have used it by now. She was just trying to scare you. And Allie's like, yeah, well, she succeeded. So then individually, Spencer, Ari, and Emily all make this kind of like, well, face. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the commercial, we see Ashley is helping drunk Hannah into bed. <laughs> and Ashley's like... I would be madder than a skunk at Travis if he weren't as baffled at your behavior as I am. When you sober up, we're going to have a serious talk about consequences. And yours won't just be a hangover. Ashley's just like, seriously, Hannah? Like, it could have been wine. You cheated on wine with shitty party, like, booze? Like, yeah, like some kind of... I don't even know what the fuck that weird cocktail she was drinking was. I mean, it's probably, like, vodka and, like, you know, like, blue raspberry Kool-Aid or something. Knowing Lucas? Yeah. And Rufus. No, that, that might not mix well, but. No, I don't think any of it's going to mix well. Um, mm-hmm. So Ashley starts to take off like Hannah's pointed high heels. Um, Hannah's so wasted. I love just the, the routine of them. Yeah, Hannah's just like, okay, mother. And she rolls over and Ashley's taking her shoes off. And Hannah says, but if you don't stop the room spinning, I'm going to throw up. Someone get this girl a wedding dress to barf on. <laughs> well, the way she says it, she's like, I'm going to throw up. Like, it's like, nice line reading there. Uh, and Ashley, like, she lies down in bed next to Hannah, and, and Hannah's like, thanks for not being mad at me. And Ashley says, oh, I'm mad at you, Hannah. But I know you won't remember, so we'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> and Hannah's like, okay, mother. And Ashley's like, why would you do this to yourself? Uh, I, I, nice, this is a nice moment between uh, mother and daughter here. Mm-hmm. And I love this response. Hannah just says, Caleb's back. And it's like, that's all she had to say. Ashley just rubs her shoulder. Yeah, Ashley's like, oh, shit. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, Hannah passes out. I believe that this is a scene, I think I read online, where Laura Layton forgot to remove her wedding <laughs> ring. Um, uh, maybe she's pulling a Carrie Matheson, you know? Could be. Wow. That would explain why she was at the Bradbury. Mm-hmm. Ooh. She's looking for a guy the... who doesn't want to get involved. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, schizophrenic, sexy jazz. Um. So Allison's bedroom, we cut. We see Emily's like walking in front of Allison's mirror. She talks to her mother on the phone. Emily's telling Pam that Allie's ris- really missing her mom tonight. Then Emily gets off the phone and she tells Allison that Pam is okay for staying over and that Pam said to give her a big hug. Mm-hmm. Allison's like hanging her clothes up. Uh, Spencer and Ari are gone now. Uh, you know, so cue porno music. And Allison says, you probably don't remember what I told you when I pulled you out of that barn. And Emily's like... I remember every word, but I don't know what's real and what I made up. That's so they such each, a great line. 
Yeah, they each sit on the edge of the bed, and Emily says, you said you miss me the most. And Allison is making full-on bedroom eyes. Oh, yeah. And Allie says, you were the hardest one to leave behind. And Emily's just, like, wondering, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Well, yeah, like, I'm sure her head is swimming, yeah. Well, because it's like, it's like, Allie, are you just fucking with me? Like, yeah. are you actually into me? Like, are you into girls? We've never really gotten confirmation on that. But just, and just pondering all that alone reveals to Emily how weak and vulnerable and smitten she still mm-hmm. is, you know. Uh, so I got the Ezra's place. Oh. Well, that's what's so fun about this dynamic. It's like, even if Allie is totally serious, the dynamic is so fucked up mm. that, like, you, you're never sure she is or not. Speaking of fucked up dynamics. Mm, Fitz Palace. S- strap yourself in, folks. It's about to get just goddamn weird. Arya lets herself in. She has, like, a pastry box of her. She says, hey. Ezra says, hey. Arya says, look, I know there's no more A, but you should seriously lock your door. She's um, back to ordering fits around like an adult. Yeah. Uh, she hands the box to Ezra. Uh, you see that on the on the box. It's from Paula's Pie. Pie, like the pie symbol. Paula's Pie. Ezra's confused. Arya says that she brought key lime, which pie means that Arya has an inch. Well, no. Itch that she can't scratch herself. Right? Ezra's like, you stopped at Paula's? And she says, yeah, it's key lime. And Ezra says, why pie? And it's like, hey, Ezra, the pie is a metaphor for sex. Yeah, she's like, why not pie? Wink, mm-hmm. wink, nudge, nudge. She goes and gets some forks and then sits down at a table. Like, they're just going to eat this pie with a fork. Well, it's it's also like the food thing that Arya, whatever she's feeling that has to be expressed through food, it kind of it's the reverse tulpa thing of Hannah, too, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Arya's like, Jenna's all alone now. She's all alone. She's blaming herself. I just wanted to tell her that she should be blaming me. And Ezra says, you should both be blaming Shauna. She was the one holding that was holding the gun, remember? And he does. Arya has just taken a bite and got some whipped cream on her lips, and he he does this move, which uh, it reminded me of Gone Girl. But uh, of course, having having read at least half of Lolita, it should also remind me of that because this is a, a pure Novikov move where he Ezra reaches over and wipes off that whipped cream from Arya's lips. So uh, thanks for Norman Buckley for reminding me of that on Twitter. Well, so, yeah, he, he then brings it to his lips and, and tastes it and then instantly realizes how familiar this is. It, that it was, happens, like, way too intimate. Yeah. Well, it happens so quickly, and it just comes off as so gross because it's, like, now his finger is just, like, lingering in his own mouth. Well, and they're both just kind of, like, uh, I mean, because, like, Arya, she, she's done that herself in this episode, so she can't totally, like, she understands that where this is coming from in a way, right. you know? And they're they both keep, just kind of like, whoa, that was awkward. <laughs> but it's like they keep showing up for this awkwardness. Mm-hmm. So Arya says, you know, Allie, we always thought that Jenna was manipulating Shauna, but I think that she actually loved her. And well, I gotta like, wonder, you gotta wonder, was that in the script or is that something that uh, Norm Buckley worked in? Because like to, to get in a, a Lolita reference here, that's not, not, not too shabby there. There's some great references in this mm-hmm. episode, but yeah. Well, uh, there's a, there's a serious like dissonant chord to this romance happening. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, I mean, I just like, I wish there was commentaries on. on yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. Because I would love to hear what the directors like Norbuck has to say, what the writers could actually say. Um, so Ezra's like, look, Ari, you have to stop beating yourself up about this. And Ari's like, I don't know how I'm going to get past it. So Ezra then stands up. <laughs> he shows her his scar. Cue he shows her his, his abs slash bitching scar. This is about to turn into a Cronenberg fuck party. Um, 
That's a hell like, of a scar. That's a, like at least three inches or so, wouldn't you say? Are, are you jealous? Oh, oh, yeah. And he says, do you see this? This is what <laughs> she did to me. I'm lucky to be alive, and so are you. Just like she told you, remember? Shauna wasn't playing a game. So he drops his shirt. She lifts it back up and starts fingering his scar. Moth like, to a flame. Yeah. I, I hope you like your paraphilias to be like wacky and filthy, kids. Then music Hey, starts. chicks dig the scar. Yeah, as we learned. Uh, the music mm-hmm. starts playing. This sequence just went from twisted and great to next level bonkers, disgusting, brilliant. Oh, and I gotta say, I was, this is exactly what I was hoping for in season five. Like, when, once Arya got shot, I was like, oh, I want, I want Arya and Ezra to just turn into like this, like, dark, creepy, gross couple yeah. who's just like accepting of their horribleness together. And that's yeah. exactly what they've done pretty much. <laughs> Cause Arya's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, Ezra pulls her out to his level and he's like, I don't want you, I don't want to ever hear you say you're sorry again. And they totally just start making out. Uh, there's a cover of Every Breath You Take by Sting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cover. Uh, it's a police, it's a, originally the police. It's by a, uh, I don't or know. Police, sure. Yeah. I don't know what the, if it's a group or a duo or what. But I, it's I can get it just a second. Denmark and Winter. Yeah, Denmark and Winter. This is, they'll do another great cover this season as well. But yeah, but the, Ezra. The, they managed to work in a totally creepy song about stalkers into the this like romantic scene here. Well, and we talked about this before, but with this song, I have to seriously assume that the writers and the producers get mm-hmm. how creepy this relationship is. Oh, and it's like they're just having fun with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a nice callback to, I don't remember the exact episode now, but the end of last season, uh, that disgusting brownie moment oh <laughs> like whenever like you know they're feeding I, each other brownies while uh karate jake uh, injures himself yeah like all the knives and roses end up in his foot yeah like mm-hmm. when hannah does something of food it's adorable when Ari and ezra do something of food it's well it's foul <laughs> we've got this uh it's like a you know a woman covering every breath you take here and like they're they're going for it like this is the dark aria saga he's like lifting her up on the stove on the stove yeah this is some serious action here and then fiery sick passion here and then to just make it even weirder we cut to emily she's lying in bed next to Allie. her eyes are wide open Mm -hmm. and she's She's like, Allie, are you still are you asleep? Well, she's shifting around, and it's like you can actually see her thought process. She decides to take the chance. Mm-hmm. And, and we cut to an angle, like over on the side, where Allie is like facing away or like rolled away. Well, this, her- usually this would be that moment where like you know the character's awake and they just pretend to be asleep to avoid an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Allie is her eyes are wide open now, uh, and she she does this thing where like she hesitates, and it's like. It's like what is going on in Allie's mind? Is 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 this Allie kind of acknowledging to herself like, yes, I want this, and I'm and I'm gonna like steer into it, or is this Allie saying, I have to do this to maintain power over you, even though I'm uncomfortable with it? Like, right. It's really hard to tell. You should. You can definitely like see her working to weigh this decision. So she turns over and faces Emily. They look at each other for a moment. This is their variation of, or their version of having met each other halfway. Mm-hmm. And then Emily leans in and goes for it and kisses Allison. Well, like, and Allison responds. Great, great acting by Emily. Like her, the way her eyes keep moving around, it's like she keeps, you can actually see her eyeballs like looking back and forth between Allie's eyes and Allie's mouth, like over and over. Yeah. And finally she just goes in. And Emily's like, fuck it. She goes in for the kiss and Allie is kissing back. 
And so we cut from that to the side of Arya's feet over Ezra's well, bare not, legs. Not just yet. Like, Emily, or Allie starts to kind of like roll on top of Emily here. Yeah. Like, Allie's a top. Who knew? Well, but like from that to another top of Arya's feet over Ezra's bare well, legs. Well, the way it cuts, you're like, you're like, oh, hey, Emily and Allie are like going at it. And then suddenly, like, who the fuck's hairy legs are those? <laughs> it's just hairy legs out of nowhere. Because you're like, Wait, Emily was wearing shorts earlier today. You're like, does Ellie not shave? Like, what's going on? Oh, shit, it's Ari and Ezra. They're in bed. They are hot and heavy. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's all dark, you know, and Arya pulls away from Mo, and she's like, does that hurt? And Ezra says, I can handle it. Meta. This shit is so kinky. And this is probably, like, the raciest shot we've ever seen on the PLL. Oh, without a doubt. Where Arya, like, rises up, topless, like, from behind. On top of Ezra. Yeah, she is riding dirty. Uh, she's she's mounted Ezra here, and then she pulls up the sheets and kind of, like, pulls them over her, and we fade to black. Yeah, the, the fact that this is... They've intercut the, the Emerson moment with this, with the uh, every breath you take playing at the same time. Yeah, well, it's she, just like we're gonna make these sex scenes as awkward and weird and uncomfortable as possible. She she brings that sheet up like it's her dark wings matching her dark desires, and she mm-hmm. kind of like swoops in like she's gonna devour Ezra, you know, sexually. Well, it's just the way this is all presented. On the one hand, like if if you kind of can forget about the fact that these are supposed to be teenagers, right. it's pretty hot. But on the other, like there's this totally dissonant music playing through the whole thing at the same time. Yeah. It's like you really have this feeling that like neither of these uh, kind of uh, encounters are are good, I guess you could say, or you know, like this is these are not like good character moments, perhaps. So what you're saying is this is the greatest episode of PLO ever, mm-hmm. and it's true, it is. The next day, there we're at school. It's well, this was the episode where in the uh, in the the fan episode they did that we love you to death like i right. think lucy hill brought this up about how she had to be topless for this scene yeah oh man good times so the next day we're at school there's hungover hannah she's got like a a beanie on big sunglasses she's dressed like 1990s ethan hawk uh aria <laughs> emily and allison show up uh spencer's already there they the rest of them see her Arya Ar- like curls her lip up at the side of hannah here <laughs> Yeah, she looks disgusted. She's like, if you feel as bad as you look, and Hannah's like, not so loud. Allie um, says, okay, so how does Mona know that we were in New York? Spencer's like looking up something on her phone throughout all this. Or is like, she's Mona. Yeah. Which, that's all I really need to say. Exactly. Um, like, I think it was, yeah, it was in the Heather Hogan recap I was reading where she was saying like, if you don't think Mona like implanted a, a tracking chip in Allie's skull when she kissed her that night at the rose, the uh, the uh, inn that they're at, like mm-hmm. you don't know Mona Vanderwall, right? So then Arya is just like, "But how did you send that New York minute like text to your burner phone the night we got back in town?" And Spencer's like, "The other day I learned how to make my own satellite on the web." And Hannah's like, "What are you gonna do with a satellite?" Spencer's Amazing like, things. Yeah, the point is, yeah, seriously, the point is you can learn to do anything on the web. Spencer then reads something. She says, using a Bluetooth sniper rifle, the hacker can receive signals from a thousand yards away. You can blue blue snarf in seconds, and the entire contents of your phone will be wirelessly uploaded. And Arya so earnestly says, wait, so Mona blue snarfed us? Blue snarfing. 
Uh, and Spencer just like has like a shrug and an eye roll for this. Like, eh, who the fuck knows? <laughs> you know. I, the only thing I would have changed is if Arya could have said, "I can't believe that Mona blue snarfed us." <laughs> so they all they're just like, eh, you know. So they're gonna they're walking into the cafeteria here, but waiting for them is an ambush. Mm-hmm. We uh, this is a great shot here where There's some sour faced students gather there. We see the twins, Cindy and Mindy, are kind of bracketing Mona here, and they're mm-hmm. kind of turned towards her. Well, they're her Mona, guard. Oh yeah. Mona, and of course the twins are they're not only twins but they dress the same you know? yeah like like creeps yeah like little teenage creeps mona has that that's that blood that scratch that Allie gave her still present on her cheek mm-hmm. it's like her war paint uh also, wait, what does hannah's shirt say oh uh, it's yeah farewell something yeah it's, it's hard to see exactly what it says okay uh, but yeah, and then off to the side, we see Lucas sitting on a table too, and they're all just like everybody. And there's a bunch of people behind him. They're all like just. Allie walks in with the liars, and they all turn to look at her. They're like the Cindy and Mindy turn around and like form like their own wall, like protecting Mona mm-hmm. as the liars form their own wall. Mm-hmm. And Allie's like, "What's going on?" And Lucas says, "Some people really did hope that you changed." And then he he's like all, runs and hides. He's all like bigger. bitter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Allie is just like, I will deal with you later, Hermie. Yeah. Spencer's like, we're not afraid of you, Mona. Mona's like playing the victim. And she's like, afraid of me? What lies has she told you? And she pushes in through Cindy and Mindy. Mona like caresses the cut on her cheek. And she says, Allison attacked me last night. When she started saying things that, like she could make me disappear, I turned my phone to video. So she pulls her phone out, plays a video on it, hands it to Spencer. The five liars watch the video. Well, it's, it's like a, this low angle video as though she's like holding it at her side filming. Yeah, the night, the night before. And Allison on video says, you're scared. Because you know it's not going to take me long to win over your army of losers. I made you loser Mona once, and I can do it again. We see that Paige is... Yeah, we see Paige is sitting here nearby watching all this. Yeah, you see that slap. Just just when Allison slaps Mona. Yeah, just that slap. Uh, the liar is all gassed with this. Allie is just extremely sh- chagrined. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's... And she's like, she's trying to laugh it off, and it's like, it's not working, and... Like and she just looks at Mona and like shakes her head. She's like, "Oh, well played, you fucking bitch." Well, she realizes she's been beaten and she is chewing on it, and hating it. Amongst other things, Mona has tech skills that Allison can't top. Well, you have to wonder. Mona really did seem rattled in that scene. Was that an act two or was that real? No, I think it was real. I, it but feels I think, real. But I think Mona has learned how to fall down. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Allison casts this incredibly dirty glance over to Mona, like, you've won this round, you cyberbully ghost ninja. Mm-hmm. And Allison takes off, and we're left like with the perplexed face of Arya. Uh, I just school. wanted Mona to say, now you know who you're fighting. <laughs> uh, you fight without honor, sir. Or <laughs> um, so in the school bathroom, we see Allison is, like standing in front of the mirror, like looking down at the sink, and Emily comes marching in, followed by the other three. They all like just stand there with like their arms folded in front of them. And Allison <laughs> turns to them, thinking that they're on her side. She's like, This is the last time I underestimate that bitch. And Emily's like, Well, how are you gonna spin this one, Allie? I mean, we know you're a great liar, so I know this is gonna be a good one. Ouch. Yeah. And Allie says, Everything I told you last night was true. She slapped me first, I swear it. I didn't tell you about that I slapped her back because I felt terrible about it. And Hannah's just like, loser Mona? Really? Are we back to that again? And Allie's like, I know how it looks. 
but you know what she's capable of. I mean, she set me up. Come on, you guys. Mona's found a lot of ways to trick us into believing things were real when they're not. I mean, Spence, you landed in Radley because of one of her elaborate stunts she pulled. And, like, none of the liars look like they're buying this, even though, like, Allie is, like, just speaking the truth here. Yeah. Like, seriously, this is fucking Mona. You're really yeah. going to take Mona's word over Allie's? Yeah. And Emily's just like, maybe Mona deserved it, but you went out of your way to lie to us. Again. And it's just, like, liars out. They all, like, file away. Like, Hannah, Emily, Spencer, then Arya. They're just like, you know, they're so disappointed in you, Allie. Which seems like- a little harsh. I don't know. Like, they know what Mona's capable of. Well, because Mona's just won the propaganda war. Well, I feel like they don't have an appreciation for for Allie's situation. Like, they've been playing the game with Ave for a year. Allie hasn't. She's just been on the run the whole time. Right. Uh, They know what Mona's capable of. They know what A is capable of. But, like, they're not giving Allie any credit here. They're just like, it's like they're just expecting Allie to be, like, kind of caught up with where they're at. And she's Mm -hmm. not. She, well, she's think, been avoiding this for two years because she's been on the run. But I think they have the animosity of the fact that they're into this whole game or we're in this whole game in the first place because of Allison and her actions. Mm-hmm. But Allison could easily point up, like, hey, do you remember why we had to like tell this lie in the first place? It was because of Mona. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of the woods somewhere, I think this is maybe near that bench where Shauna and Jenna met at that one time where Shauna said she'd be there for Jenna even in her darkest yeah, days. Yeah, could be. So we see Mona's parked Mustang, the one that used to belong to Jenna. Uh, another car pulls up, a dark car. Is this the car from the previous night? No, this is like a Firebird. No, it's like a sports car. Okay. Uh, car pulls up. Out of the driver's seat comes Sydney. She looks at the car, that Mustang, and she says, nice car. Nice uh, car. It should be mentioned Sydney has a uh, She's wearing, like, tight jeans, uh, like a red top, like a olive drab jacket, a scarf, and, yeah, big, dark sunglasses. Uh, and then uh, somebody gets out of the passenger side. We see it's Jenna Thing. Jenna Thing just got out of Sydney's car. Jenna Thing is dressed kind of similarly. She's got, like, a little the, jacket. the same type of, je- like, boots and jeans. She's got a drab top on a leather jacket but like they they really do go together and she has her glasses on well, and I, these two look like twins practically yeah the two jenna's uh i think jenna's shirt says you got friends mm-hmm. or you've got a friend perhaps perhaps a, a reference to james taylor sweet baby james mm-hmm. maybe and so they uh sydney walks over and kind of you know helps jenna like should jenny we start takes calling them fire and rain Ooh, who's fire who's rain oh I think Jenna's probably rain. Hmm. I would think that she'd be fire. Okay. Um, yeah, so Sydney's walking Jenna over to this picnic table where somebody's waiting for them. And Sydney, like, she has this evil smile. And her, her voice even drops an octave here. I, I like this acting from uh, Chloe Bridges. And she's like, they don't want things to go back the way they were. And we see she's talking to Mona Vanderball. Time to report in. And, Jenna and says, Mona's like, at last we reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Exactly. That guy, uh, the voice of that guy is uh, the, like, uh, what a bunch of a-holes. Yeah, Peter, Sarah, something. He's a great British actor. I cannot figure out how to pronounce his last mm-hmm. name. Um, so Jenna says, they remembered how Allison treated them like they were her dolls. And Mona's like, Good then maybe we can really get rid of her. And then they hear another car pulling up, and the three of them all turn to see who it could be, or well, as, so as is, if they're expecting. This is really interesting here, because, like, 
we know Mona was building an army, but neither of these two, you know, Jenna and, and Sydney were not at that meeting. So this is like her secret inner cabal. Yeah, like her VIP, like like or, or perhaps like the uh, the the true goal of the of the army. Like it's like the rest of Mona's army are like patsies for what they're doing here. Right. Um, and no, then distraction. Yeah. And then who is who is this fourth member? So this has had us perplexed since this episode aired because the easiest guest is Melissa, but that seems to me like. Like, too easy of a revelation, especially since we saw her already showing up and well, throwing in with Mona. Exactly, yeah. So well, okay, yeah, because we hear another car pull up. They all look and smile. We don't see who it is. For simplicity's sake, I would assume that the person showing up in this car is the person who met with Mona at the salon when Hannah was getting her new hair. That would make sense. I would so, think. So, possibilities. Could it be Allie? I mean, I feel like that would be too much of a stretch to explain why... Like, this dialogue about how, like, they're trying to get rid of Allie, but then, like, suddenly Allie's showing up. That'd be weird, right? Uh, so, I feel like you can scratch Allie off the list. Unless this is, like, fodder for, like, a future flashback of some sort. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, could it be Cece? I'm sure plenty of people would love for it to be Cece. Mm-hmm. Could it be one of the liars? You know, we never did see what Spencer was doing the other night. Hmm. I'm going to guess it's probably not Spencer, though. Uh, Could it be Arya? Could Jenna have turned her? Whoa. Hmm. Could it be Anita? Um, (laughs) Jenna just activated the sleeper agent within Arya. Yeah. Could it be Toby? What's up, you guys? I am here to plot revenge. I just really want to belong. I'm waving my hands around because I'm so excited. So, yeah, this is... Well, let me uh, take a Snapchat of the four of us. We've had the mystery of who Mona was talking to in 503. Now it's who's who's this fourth member of the secret cabal of Mona's army here? Mm-hmm. And and is this person someone else who we'll get to in a bit? Uh, so next time we come back, it's night again. Toby and Spencer are sitting in his truck. He's just silent. Uh, Piercy's just been told about the whole Shauna thing. He's just really he's really chewing over some uh some stuff in his brain. And he says, So what does a world without A look like? And Spencer says, Well, it turns out the Hastings don't need A to make a mess of things. We can do all that on our own. Are you mad at me for waiting so long to tell you? And Toby's like, Spence, get over here. I have a big goofy smile for you. Well, he goes from this solemn stone golem. To a cheese ball in like two seconds. Well, but Spencer's he... got to be thinking like, oh, good. Now I know just how far I can mistreat you. Well, she could fake her death and he'd still mm-hmm. take her back, right? Mm-hmm. Spencer slides over and lays in the arms of her safe place to land. But I really like, I want to like just dub in like Toby saying other things like, come over here, sugar bear. <laughs> all he says, all I want to know is you're never alone. Not even for a second. See, that's, a little bit creepy. that's a reassuring statement, but it's yeah. also frighteningly and literally true in Rosewood. You will never be alone, not even for a second. So the music starts playing over this scene. Or it's been playing the scene, but the chorus starts to pick up the song Bills. And the chorus is, I don't deserve your love, but you give it to me anyway. Which Who's really... That? Who are we talking to there? Yeah, Toby? seriously, it really, really bothers me here. I don't think Toby deserves her love, but I think mm. the song is supposed to imply the other way around. So she crawls into his lap as they start making out. He yeah, starts, they're, they're like, going for it eventually. He starts clawing at her back, and yet 
it's still not as creepy as the Ezria love scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're definitely going for it in uh, Toby's truck here, and we kind of fade away to the swing set where Hannah and Caleb like to have their quiet moments. We see Caleb is there. He's got a six-pack on the ground in front of him, bottle of beer in hand. He's just kind of hunched over looking pathetic on his own. He's haunted. Uh, yeah. Hannah walks up, and she says, oh, I thought you'd, I'd find you here. Hey, so, Caleb says nothing, uh, so yeah. Hannah just sits down on the swing next to him. Grabs a beer. Uh, together, they look like an attractive version of Kurt and Courtney in their grunge garb. They look like they're going to go, like, grist someone. Um, What is that movie? Drugstore Cowboy? Sure. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Hannah's like, uh, you know, why don't you return my calls? And Caleb's like, Travis is a nice guy. I didn't come back to screw that up. And Hannah's like, so why did you come back? Caleb, he has no answers on this because he's haunted. Yeah. Well, no, I I think what what I got from this is he's looking at her like, duh, I came back for you. And, yeah. and she's kind of like, oh. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, you know, Travis is a good guy because he met him one time. Well, they, well, he also, you know, got her mom off a murder rap. Uh, they really, That's really want to say it's complicated, but everyone keeps appropriating that. So it probably mm-hmm. sounds foul in their mouths. Caleb's like, so did you change your hair because Allison is back? And Hannah just kind of shrugs and says, probably. Probably. Uh, so cut to Emily's bed. Well, Hannah, Hannah has grabbed the beer and she's taken a swig too. Yeah, cut to Emily's bedroom. She's sitting on the bench by the window, watching Dial M for Murder on TV, mm. <laughs> which I love. Like they finally got the show, a Hitchcock movie itself. When we were wondering, like, does this does this cost money? Like yeah. to show like four seconds of a movie, because uh, it's right at the scene where uh, I don't know, I can't remember the actor's names, but the whatever the actor is is about to un- attack uh, Grace Kelly here. Yeah. Um. I think this is going to be a key scene for later in the season. I'm just going to throw out Dial in for Murder is about a husband who hires somebody to murder his wife. It's a great movie. What could that possibly be in reference to with Jessica De Laurentiis dead? Mm. I mean, other people would argue, but I said that there's like 10 essential Hitchcock movies, and this is definitely in that that list. Um, Yeah, Allison's like, she's there. She's saying that she knows she screwed up. Emily won't even look at her. I can't, I just. Emily's just like, I'm watching this Hitchcock movie instead of looking at you. I feel like Allison's seeing this movie too. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, so Allison sits on the bench beside her, says that she didn't tell her everything. She was afraid she was going to lose her. Emily still won't look at her. Allison says, please. She caresses Emily's hair and cheek. Emily finally looks at her, and Allison starts to lean in for the kiss. Emily gives her this incredibly dirty look. This is not the moment to go for that with the silent treatment you've been getting from Emily. Yeah. Trying to go in for a kiss, and it's just like she just gets up in a huff. She's like, that is not going to fix this. It's denied. I love that shot as she's walking away and then she stares back at these like incredibly fierce eyes. Um, and then that's, this is when it's key to know is that Allison catches the on screen, the shot of Grace Kelly fighting off her attacker. Um, so with then scissors. Yeah. As her attacker strangling her with nylons. So then breaking news cuts in breaking news into the investigation to the Jane Doe buried in Allison De Laurentiis's grave. We see a podium is being set up for a news conference on the TV there. There's some cops there. The announcer says they expect the Rosewood Police Department to make a statement regarding the identity of the murdered girl. Allison and Emily watch this and they're like, oh, shit. I don't know that this would be the news spectacle that this channel. Well, what else happens in Rosewood? That's a good question. I guess it's either this and who won the lottery. Um, So back to the swing set, Hannah says, did Miranda ever find her family? And Caleb's like, I don't know. The night you left Ravenswood is the last time I saw her. Hmm, interesting. 
Not really. We've all forgotten what Ravens would by now. So they both take a drink. Hannah's cell phone beeps. She checks it and she like gets up in a hurry. She's like, you have to come with me. We got to go. And she's like tugging at Caleb and she's like, come on, you know, Caleb, come on. And so he just, he follows like, you know, he's do curious. You th- do you think Caleb like cut his hair because he was tired of looking in the mirror and seeing Miranda? Probably. Yes. Uh, so we got to Emily's house. We see Hannah and Caleb walking inside. In the living room, uh, we see that Emily and Allison and Ezra and Ari and Spencer and Toby well, are there. This is like the extended gang, everyone with their SO. This, yeah, this We've is. We've got, you know, Spencer and Toby, <laughs> Ari and Ezra, Hannah and Caleb, and then Allie and Emily. They're all there, which I gotta think it's gotta be like, what's Ezra thinking right now? No, no. What are the others thinking right now? <laughs> they're like, oh, this is weird. English Fitz teacher, is here. Yeah. yeah, their former English teacher is sitting there on the couch like this is totally normal. And uh, Ezra is sitting there thinking, this is totally normal, right? Uh, Hannah is surprised and sees to see them all gathered. Caleb and Allison share a look. Uh-huh. Emily's like, you guys. The first time Caleb and Allie have seen each other. Yeah. Uh, you guys are starting. Uh, they're watching the news broadcast. We hear the announcer talking about how the murder has never been solved, and it follows on the oh, heels of the it, more recent murder of Allison's mother. Yeah, this mystery has continued to haunt Rosewood. And this is the this is the voice actress. Yeah, the reporter on screen. And we see um, Allie reaches she's not, over. She's not the screen reporter, I don't think. I think she's just the like local news yeah, anchor yeah. voiceover. Yeah, uh, Allie reaches over and takes Emily's hand, and they kind of clasp hands together, and Hannah notices this. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the other, like a male reporter, is saying, and not only that, the police department is under a lot of pressure right now. As these are not the only murders. And Hannah leans over to Spencer and she's like, Are they together now? Kind of talking about Allie and Emily here. Mm-hmm. And Spencer is like, Have you been drinking again? And Hannah's Ouch. like, I had one sip of beer. Like, so, yeah, we don't really know who answered what the answer to that question is. Uh, we go back to the TV. We see on screen there's like a podium. A police chief's about to walk up. You know, oh, like and this is the the nice iconic shot of our main characters watching this. Which I this is one yeah. of the promo images. I love this as a, as a image you sell because it's all of these characters gathered around appointment television. Oh, and like, it's, it's like they're watching PLL. Oh, and they're they're grouped as couples. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're all holding hands with their significant other. Yeah. So. Uh, police chief comes on and says good evening ladies and gentlemen and like throughout the scene we get these shots where like spencer's got her arm around toby hannah takes caleb's hand uh, aria takes ezra's hand like everybody's like kind of you know holding on Let's see what this police chief is going to say see he says i've called this press conference because we received confirmation tonight that the name of the victim that was buried in the dillerentis property was bethany young and everyone is just like who <laughs> that's that's what the audience is thinking right like who the fuck is bethany young exactly and the other liars all just like look blank Allie seems like she might recognize the name well it's like is she does she recognize it or is she just shocked that there's a hmm. name to this body yeah uh, police chief says she was a 17 year old patient at the radley institution so this is key for the twin people we cannot stress this enough allison and this girl were not twins Allison was like 15 at the time. Yeah, Ali was, was 15. Died. This chick was 17. Now, if you really want to go with a like a maybe per, perhaps fraternal twin theory, I believe Toby would have been the same age. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So just you know, put that in your your artis- you, artisanal pipe and smoke it. Can you just imagine uh, Toby in a wig playing Bethany Young? Oh, like a psycho thing? That'd be the great. Flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, 17 year old patient at the Radley Institution is believed to have run away from the hospital on the night that Allison De Laurentiis was allegedly kidnapped. And they're all like, oh, and I feel shit. like at, at this time we must remember again that Dial in for Murder is about a husband who hires a man to murder his wife. It goes wrong, and the man is, that was hired was murdered instead, and the husband frames his wife for it. It was remade, like, uh, I want to say in the 90s, with, uh, as with a movie like, like Gwyneth Paltrow Michael and Michael Douglas. Douglas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Davis Suchet played, like, the cop. It's just funny that Perot was on the case. Uh, so Spencer's like, did they say allegedly? Allegedly yes, they he kidnapped. Yes, they so, did. Hannah makes a face here. You won, you asked. Uh, it's not the greatest example in this episode, but this is our example of Hannah face. I feel like I, I provided a good example. Did you? I, I have to go check you it out. You didn't again. see it? Yeah, it's total Hannah face. Um, so the chief says, the parents have been notified and the family's requesting at this time you respect their privacy, allow them to grieve over the loss of their loved one. There will be no comments and no questions as... Boom! Like, the the windows explode. Everybody is getting in glass in their hair. Yeah. yeah. That's not t- that's not highlights in Toby's hair. That's glass in his hair. Everybody ducks and screams like, like there's just a massive fucking explosion that interrupted this whole scene. Like it's completely insane. Uh, they all fall down. Like this is, I mean, we've never seen PLL do this before. Oh, this is like insane action movie shit. This is uh, like Walker Texas Ranger shit. Yeah, like uh, like wouldn't be great if the glass like sheared off Toby's hair. But yeah, so like like the windows are broken. The place looks trashed. You know. Caleb gets up. What the hell was that? They all run outside. And Emily's like, are you okay? And they all, very, very sly hand acting here by Toby. He, he's like holding his, his temples like, oh my God, what's happening? Do something like this, you guys. <laughs> uh, it looks like the apocalypse on Emily's street. There's dust well, yeah, when, there, little they, fires. They've, they've rushed outside. Off. Yeah, this is a suburban apocalypse. Um, um, there's burning, PLL. burning furniture. Like, just, like, in the middle of the street. Yeah. Uh, car overturned. One car's, like, missing its hood and the engine's on fire. Spencer's like, guys, what just happened? And Ari's like, oh, my God. And so they're all out. Like, the liars and their bros. Um, there's cars just, like, like multiple cars are upside down. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, on fire. Like, huge, like, fires burning. It's like the Hulk just rampaged through Rosewood. Yeah. Like, it's like this is a totally insane scene. Yeah. Uh, it's really incredible that they can do this on like a PLL budget because this is this shit's impressive. Uh, uh, so the group's like moving down the street, like seeing all this like, destruction. We see Arya like holding her hand over her mouth, saying, "My God!" And then <laughs> the great slow reveal as we see that it's all coming from Toby and Jenna's house, which, which is blew on up. fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Spencer's just like Toby. Your house. Toby makes. Well, there's like, there is an upside down car, like, engulfed in flames right in front of it. Toby makes, like, intense, wounded Toby face at Spencer. And Caleb yells, Is there anyone in there? Which, at at that point, Toby's like, Oh, shit. And he, like, takes off running towards the house. Was there anyone in there? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, Caleb, or I'm sorry, Toby takes off, and Spencer's like, Toby, stay here, please. But he's going to ignore her and run to that burning house. And then, in a moment of just like like a crowding moment the, of, the aw- of awesomeness, draw. yeah, all their phones start ringing at the same time. Yeah. As we like, the camera is kind of like swooping, you know, and cutting between them all. So all their phones ring, and the liars are all looking at each other in terror. Like this is this is my favorite like simultaneous phone ring moment of of any episode of PLL. Like, guess who's back? The triumphant return of a. I I like. I think I might have actually like stood up. 
in my from my chair when I was watching this. Part. Oh yeah, you like, did. I think we both did. I was it just was... like, oh my god, this is awesome. Oh, because this was this is such a motherfucking like blockbuster crowd it's, pleaser. It's been four episodes. Literal blockbuster. A is back. Well, my favorite A tag because it just like goes right into the A tag because you then cut to the A tag where we see the black gloved hands of you know hoodie black hoodie A having just sent whatever this text was. Yeah, and putting away the phone. So we should say. If this is A here, this is like the, you know, the new A or perhaps the, the original A, um, or, or not the original A, but the A that's been around for a while. Cause I don't think Shauna ever really felt right to anybody. No, I feel like, I feel like the, the main A was never Shauna. I feel like Shauna might have like kind of like started up a little here and there, but I feel like most of the A stuff we saw in season three and season four, if it wasn't Mona or Toby, it was this A. Right. Like, I don't think Shauna was really that involved. I don't think Shauna stole the game from Mona. I think this A stole the game from Mona. Uh, but this A, since they just sent that text, you gotta rule out all eight of the people who are at that scene. It's not the liars. It's not Allie. It's not Toby, Ezra, or Caleb, right? Right. Because right. they couldn't have sent, you know, they're, they're well, literally in a different location. You would think that after season three and season four, the show wouldn't go back. Like, I don't think you you would go to like the reveal of it's so-and-so's boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, uh, so we're in like a, like a rented room or apartment or something. Well, it's like an apartment or something. There's, There's a, like a uh, open box of pizza in the background. Open box of pizza. which makes me want pizza. Boxes uh, everywhere, including a wrapped up dollhouse, some, some suitcases for like, like gear, like a police scanner sitting on top of them. Some movers are walking oh, out. Well, it should be pointed out. The, uh, the, the veil. The the Black Widow veil oh, yeah, yeah. is on like a little kind of like mannequin head. So yeah. this is apparently this is the Black Widow. Yeah. But yeah, some movers are moving on out and they're like, that's the last box. Welcome home. So we see A is A is relocated now to a, a new layer. So A like goes over to the police scanner, turns it up. We hear in the scanner that they're asking for all units to respond to an explosion on Serenity Lane. 47 Serenity Lane. Uh, a, a walks over to a box marked Lot A, Group 2, where there's a bunch of doll parts. Reaches in, pulls out a blonde girl doll. Looks like it's wearing Allison's yellow I mean, top it, from that night. This has got to be the alley doll. Yeah, it's got a tiara on it. Uh, uh, dispatcher's saying ambulances and paramedics are en route. Yeah. A sets that doll in front of the wrapped dollhouse, and the camera starts to spin around like we're about to see A's face when it cuts to black. Cut to black, yeah. Which I fucking love. Mm-hmm. God, this episode is so goddamn amazing. Well, it's A was only gone for four episodes, but it felt like so long. And the, yeah. the return of A is like glorious. It's it's like show stopping. A is just like I am back, bitches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but just a few short moments, like. A stood for audience in a new way as mm. the characters themselves are on the edge of their seats too. A stands for apocalypse. <laughs> Completely blew apart Jonathan's house. Oh, God. Yeah, 100 episodes in, and this show has never been better. Like, mm-hmm. think about I'm Marlon King and Norman Buckley and everyone yeah. involved. But um, I I think I saw something where there's there was then an interview with I'm Marlon King where she talked about some of this stuff, like the explosion and all that stuff, was necessitated by the fact that they had to relocate the set for Emily's living room. Hmm. Okay. And so that's yeah. why they. That's why they also did like the car crashing in. Yeah. But it's always it's always interesting when that kind of like logistical stuff necessitates 
something oh, it's amazing. Like, what what does the town story? think of these liars? They're like, man, the weirdest shit happens to you people. Yeah. Well, we've got to mention that in that scene, as the liars are all like staggering out into this darkened world, like you can see some of the other neighbors on the street mm-hmm, starting mm-hmm. to come out of their houses. Yeah, so that was Miss Me times 100. Did you miss A? Because A is back. The next episode, also a Norman Buckley episode, is called Run, Alley, Run. Yeah, it's written by Janelle Lennon. It's really kind of the, like the second half of this two-parter, I think you could say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know we talked about this before, but again, I have to say, especially with this episode, why isn't there like a, a Talking Dead or Talking Bad type show in ABC Family that follows PLL? Yeah, this is something I've seen mentioned a lot in various internet comments. Like, they've had various shows that they air after PLL that are kind of middling, um, you know, ratings wise. Like, and I, the, the argument I've seen is that, like, they need a, uh, like a discussion show, like an after show, mm-hmm. because when people, like, the, the PLL fans, when they watch a show, when they're done, they turn off their TV and they go online to talk about it. Right, and so they're not going to watch like it does. It doesn't have that like lead-in power that you normally would. But if it was an after show, I think you might get that. I remember back in the '90s watching like you know reruns of The Prisoner on Sci-Fi. They did that thing where you could log into the chat room, and mm-hmm. it was you know there's a delay in case you said something naughty, but like it would appear on the screen. Wow. So you you were literally like like what you were saying live with the show was appearing on the tv and you don't need to do that here but i mean yeah like you could do something easily like the the recent fan special you know mm-hmm. or like like these live shows like chris hardwick also i guess the other thing that occurred to me was like much like the office is one of those shows that has a different iteration in different parts of the world or how homeland's a remake of an israeli show mm-hmm. why aren't there other countries clamoring to do a very <laughs> version of pll unique to their culture oh that'd be wild like just imagine like the french or swedish version of pll that would have to be intense well, you can just imagine the the after show for an episode like this. There's so much to unpack. Like, who the fuck is Bethany Young? Yeah, yeah. And, like, how is that related to Allie? Like, at some point, this other chick got, like, murdered and stuffed in the same hole Allie was bu- buried in, you know? It's yeah. not Sarah Harvey. It's Bethany Young. Yeah. Uh, well, that night gets even more complicated. Mm, <laughs> because and- also, that, that blonde 17-year-old girl... Is wearing the exact same outfit as Allison. Uh huh. And and who? Now that we know A's back, is 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 that a person? Is that the fourth member of Mona's like secret cabal, or is that just a is that a different person? You know, like how many different factions are at play right now? Right, right. And is the A that just texted them and blew up Toby and Jenna's house? Is that the person who's everywhere and nowhere? Who was like controlling Mona during season three? We just don't know. But yeah, I, I do kind of feel like I mean I'm sure the liars or the, not the liars, the writers will never come out and like define exactly like which was which A in season three or four. But I guess the impression I get is that Shauna wasn't usually A. Like right. Shauna, Shauna might have been the one who like scared Emily at the school to act normal, bitch. Because that, that was when there were, like, two different A's were operating at the same time. Um, I'm wondering, though, just because of... You think so? Well, just because... No spoilers, but I'm wondering. Mm. Okay. Um, But I, I you know, I kind of wish they would, just because, much like I, Marlene, came out, came out and said, look, there were two things that Mona didn't do in seasons mm. one and two. Well, it's just, like, housekeeping, basically. But I think, I don't know, it might, might be beneficial. Because you have, potentially, Mona, 
Shauna and this other person, this Black Widow person. It's, mm-hmm. It can be local. Well, and like who exactly was Redcoat? We're yeah, not exactly. Really sure. Was it according to Allison, as reliable as she is? Like it was only Cece in Ravenswood during that one episode. Well, well, it's like both Allie and Cece were Redcoat like decoys but was there a was there a third red coat that was the black widow or, or who well, I mean, or was so, that shauna yeah like who who was red coat for example watching mona digging up what they Alice thought was Gray. allison's yeah. body mm. mm-hmm. yeah. again too what what was the fascination with holding on to now bethany young's body for so long well, one possibility would be if somebody wanted wanted proof, wanted to be sure that it wasn't Allie Allison? was whether it was Allie or not. Yeah, it was Allie really alive or dead. Well, it's key too. I remember that it seemed like season three when you had a new A who that I don't think was Mona. I don't think the star of season three was Mona. Obviously, she could get out of Rally and mm-hmm. she was there for picking up the body. But like the the overall thing is that A seemed a lot more evil. Mm, yeah. A lot more cold blooded. Well I mean, this is the A who just blew up a Yeah, blew house. up a motherfucking house. <laughs> like burning down the house literally. Ah. Oh, God I love this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was Miss Me Times One Hundred. We will be back next time to talk about Run Alley Run. Uh, if you want to tweet at us, we are at broswatchpll2. If you want to kind of leave a longer comment, uh, you can do it on our website page. Go to broswatchpll2.com, and we have uh, pages for every episode there. Uh, by the way, we got a review from... I'm going to get this wrong, I think, but I believe it was Amy. Is that right? Oh, Amy... Uh... Amy in Ireland? Ireland? Mm-hmm. Yeah, review from Ireland. First review from Ireland. Ireland checking in ahead of the UK. Uh, okay. Thank you for that review. It's nice to hear some kind words from Ireland. If you would like to re- leave a review yourself, you can do it by going to iTunes and, and doing it there. Uh, we always appreciate those. Um, I think that's about all I have. Do you have anything else? No. Just want to thank everyone for listening and just, man... What a great fucking episode. But also, thank you for listening. Like, for people, people who, who get back at us, too, we, we like to know that you're out there. Like we said before, you know, we got through season three before we realized that we had listeners besides mm-hmm. just ourselves. And uh, so it's it, the second half of doing this podcast has been a lot more fun than the first half. And it's again, it's just crazy to think that we've we've done a hundred episodes <laughs> talking about this glorious, amazing, bizarre, insane show. Yeah, here's to probably seventy something more to go. Probably if we're lucky. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.